With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hold on. Um, so we have in the United States that's getting really bad black people. We have so many of them, and I can't stand them. You lose them in the dark. They eat all your goddamn chicken, and everything else is wrong with them. I think we should have a new plague that gets rid of just black people because niggers are ridiculous. If I was looking at that picture and had to judge that dude, I'd say probably, yeah, one of these quote unquote white Hispanics, but it was like me. What they call, you know, whatever the hell they call, like Judge Judge Mel Young, whatever the hell they call her. They try to pass her off as white, but she's actually a white back. Well, I mean, I think got a lot bigger in them here. Oh, I see. Yeah, a picture of them drinking a beer or something. Anyway, well, that's all he looks. Sometimes it looks like the more I can do to him, doesn't make. You know what I mean? Whoa, 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 when my baby, when my baby found that me, I'm going to be yours. Fishing arrows, I'm going to fill up. When my baby found that me, I'm going to be yours. Yeah, powder drink or something. I, I say, I say, something I'm 
Uh, by this time, it had been upgraded to a 120-megabyte hard drive. There are many files. You know, there are many files that are 120 megabytes nowadays. And, uh, hey, uh, I got on the Internet back in the days when it was uh, you know, running Internet, what, what, Windows 3.1? Windows three you know, three point one one uh I got uh I got Netscape for or sorry, networking for Windows Windows three point one. Run atop DOS five and then DOS six. Uh you know, this was way back in nineteen you know, start nineteen ninety two. Then I got Windows three one and I got Windows point three one one and it took a while before I went to Windows ninety five. I still like Windows three one. I had a I had a printed up uh, web page web so I've been in this movement for a while. So, uh, folks, uh, I go ahead and I see these people coming through the bowel movement. They come, they go. Uh, I was just looking at Queenie Cameron's uh, new video. Uh, pretty much, she was talking about think and see ideas. Now she got a lot of things wrong, uh, but essentially she got a lot of things right. And I wanted to let her know. About Brian Rio, he's filing a stalking charge against me based on what you idiot nimbusters have been saying. You know, deliberately, deliberately going ahead and, uh, well, essentially going against white people, going against uh, white small businesses. And essentially, the corrupt courts in Lake, especially in Lake County, Ohio, are allowing him to do so. Now, uh, today, today or yesterday, the nincompoop. You know, this Jesuit, this Jesuit was yapping about how Trump is not a Christian because he dares to keep beers out by building a wall. It's not Christian to do so. Well, guess what? That piece of shit has a wall. He don't allow just anybody to come in to the Vatican and bother him. I mean, shoot, during the Middle Ages, whenever these popes created some shit here, because they were a bunch of politicians. They were, you know, pretending. It, it, it was founded by the Bell Cult Assembly. They ran to this, they ran to this fortress, this tower called Castle San Angelo. They would run. They would go ahead and run and hide. You know, they believed in walls, all right. They really did believe in walls. They just, oh, yes, why? You know, these little lobs are all mad at us here. Oh, we're going to kill our ass. We better run to the Castle of St. Angelo. And the Pope believes in walls. The Beaners believe in keeping out Guatemalans and the rest here. And, folks, I was just thinking that this Jesuit is just like the Jesuits of, what, 16, 15, 16, 19, who became Papist Preterists and Jew boys, uh, like Clapless and Ilti Emmerheiser and you know, uh, Jew boy, William Fink, and Eli James, Papist Preterist. But in case, in case, just like that here, just like every nigger, I was, I was looking I was looking at uh, Town Hall with old Bernie. I was paying attention. He's a delusional Jew boy. He sort of thinks that somehow white people are going to go ahead and pay for college for niggers and beaners and all these rest here and Black Lives Matter and all that. And essentially white people have a whole bunch whole bunch of money that they're just being mean and not giving to Jews and niggers and beaners and all those sort of things the same way as Hillary. Now, I listen to these two delusional tards, you know, especially an evil one like Hillary, and she is delusional, doesn't seem to realize that if she did get elected, 
Essentially, she wouldn't be present over much, very long. Because, you know, what little social contract remains here? And then you have, on the Republican side, you know, I mean, you, you have a bunch of these, you know, tars in the bowel movement, and they're pretending that Trump is the savior. Folks, Trump is not a savior. Trump is a wrecking ball. Trump is a destroyer of the Republican establishment here. Folks, I tried to explain, you know, and I have over on Cuthair Walruses. He's going somewhere, so essentially I'm allowed, while Wiley Hibernigger, a.k.a. Jack Ryan, a.k.a. John Ellis, a.k.a. Wiley Hibernigger, uh, essentially he's whining to censor people, and he's trying to censor a woman named Denise. She's somewhat of a she-troll, but she is, you know, she is actually a... Uh, She's a woman who, a white woman who, you know, uh, you know, I mean, she causes trouble where she lives for the political establishment. But on the other hand, she's used by some insurgent members to cause trouble for the cucks here who, you know, fat, dumb, and happy are simply sitting on top here. So they use her. And she has, she has her own agenda, just like I do. Many of the time, I've been used as a hatchet man. I was used as a hatchet man for Willie Martin way back in 2000, 2003 when poor Willie croaked off. I have been used as a hatchet man. I've been used as a hatchet man by Louis Beam. I've been used as a hatchet man by, oh, not so much by, you know, I mean, you know, pretty well those, uh, you know, I mean, I've been used as a hatchet man by people in the movement. And now, well, I'm still a hatchet man. But you know, in any case, uh, I, I was I was I was surprised that here's this here's this Catholic Jesuit pope, and since he's getting involved in American politics, and Trump chopped on his ass just just right. Folks, these income popes. I mean, essentially, they believe that the future belongs with what eight point. Five billion muds, and the answer is that they're not going to produce anything. They're just simply a burden upon the earth that's going to fall apart. By the way, by the way, I was looking over at Carl Denger's market ticker, and he was pointing out is that as a result of zero rate, you know, zero interest rates, all these pension funds, all these insurance plans, all the rest of them here. Essentially, you know, essentially, you plan for 20 years, well, guess what? For the past eight of them, there's been essentially zero-based interest. The only thing there is is just maybe trying to go ahead and get some of these TARP funds, you know, to go ahead, you know, these, these made, this made-up money, which doesn't have any, you know, any allusion to... Anything, you know, I mean, essentially anything, I mean, essentially you're waiting for hyperinflation to, you know, kick in. But I'm going ahead and I'm going ahead and uh, looking at this, this Jesuit who essentially has the impression that Northern and Western European men who were Protestants, why they have an obligation to pay Peter's Pence and, you know, little baby Peter's Peter to Rome. And the same thing here. The white man has an obligation here. So that's what Bernie, the Jew boy, and what Hillary, the evil skank, 
believe here. And I was listening to these here orcs. I was listening to these here these niggers and the rest in the wallet. And so what boils down to is, are you going to pay for free college for me? I'm an illegal alien here. Please don't deport me, please. And he said, oh, no, pat the citizenship. So I said, we'll turn America into a country of five, six, seven, eight hundred months. And then once it looks like what? Well, Germany is looking like now, like Sweden is looking now. Do you think there's going to be anything to, you know, pay for that? And the answer is no. Likewise, likewise in the bowel move. What I want to talk about is that I went ahead and notified Queenie Cameron about what Brian Reel's doing. He's, he's supposedly going to get me to come up to Ohio on the 25th and show up. And, folks, I'm not going to show up. Folks, as I look at it here, if these courts want to bring up a point to where they use ex parte law, they use whatever law they want, then that means is that, hey, on our side, we can use ex parte, castrations, skinnings, executions. That's the entire point. If you're a white nationalist or you're a Christian daddy, you're a white one, really. You don't need to bring in niggers. You don't need to bring in beaners. You know, the big stink that started dying around is there's some Persian called Roosh. And Roosh went ahead and wrote a bunch of rape sex tourist books. Sort of like Andre the Nigger, but Andre the Nigger doesn't really write anything good here. He just does YouTube videos where he's lusting over cone-titted Ethiopian nigglets here or uh, little baby Imeldo Marcuses here. Ah, I ran around with your big girlfriend. And uh, here is Greg Johnson, and he's invited Andre the Nigger Angley. Why? You're going to be talking about Rouge, you know, being a sex tourist and a sex rapist in Europe. Well, I admit that Andre the Nigger, you know, he's a Mongol like old Rouge here, this, you know, uh, this Persian, you know, Armenian raghead. Well, not raghead. He supposedly claims to be a Christian. But here's old Andre the Nigger. And Andre the Nigger here, why? Well, at least he ain't really interested in raping white women. He's, he's interested in paying. Sex tourist stop. Do, 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 do. Over in Thailand, over in Philippines, over in what? Ethiopia, wherever. He's interested in essentially getting back to its roots. Was Andre the Nigger going to be the savior of white nationalism? No. Is Brian Rio, old nigger lips, going to be the savior of Christian identity? No. Is Bale Fink going to be the savior of Christian identity? No. He's just simply some mongrel who goes ahead and gets together some compilation stuff, which is on archive.org. He gets the, you know, and I was trying to tell Queenie, you know, Queenie Cameron is that there was a great difference between Gerald L. K. Smith and Wesley Swift and uh, Bertrand Comparais. And essentially, there's no ties leading back to them old-timers here, except Dewey Tucker. And Dewey Tucker, he'll tell you he's not a Christian. He's not a CI dentist. He's a reincarnation. He's a mixture of reincarnation, you know, from the Hindu and the, Cal- you know, the Mormon and the Calvinist. No free will. He believes in Yahweh cabbages. No, you know, he doesn't. No, he doesn't really believe it. He believes, and you know, he says that God's always in charge of all things. But guess what? Uh, he has to go ahead and mute me because he doesn't really believe his bullshit. Now these people believe their own bullshit. 
Now, the question I have is that if the Bible says it, now if you want to pick and choose, claim some things are literal and some are not, then hey, you, you know, the, the you're not really worshiping or you're not really obeying or following the Bible. You're following whatever you follow yourself. So why bother? Why does this become falseness? That's why I told Mona Montgomery. But in case, she's put up a video, and it's going to be useful. And I don't think that, I think she's very, very, very careful. Now, she's not altogether correct. She's very. Yep. 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 I'm looking. I'm looking at the. Uh, I'm looking at the chat room. I'll go ahead and say it. Well, folks, you end up having you know, this uh, this Kyle Barstow, a lawyer, who told me last week. Guess what? I can't help you. Brian Reels, my law clerk. Okay. So essentially, you're not really for the First Amendment. Certainly not for the First Amendment. Certainly not for the Second Amendment. You're certainly not for white people having a small business. You know, they drum up business over the internet because Brian Rio is, you know, is essentially, oh, following a $190 lawsuit here and then demanding 25 and then demanding 10 and then demanding 5 and so on for about, oh, 1000 to $2,000. Deliberately setting thing up to Lake County, Ohio. Now, folks, I pointed out that a court which does that deserves death. That's where we're heading to here. Folks, uh, I tell you is that I get involved in the political process. I get involved in the political process to fuck it up. And, folks, uh, what I tried to do back in the 90s and early aughts, it was what? It was what? A decade? Two decades ahead of its time? But now, thanks to Trump, the chickens have come home to roost. Donald Trump was saying, hey, look, the way I look at it is the Republican convention is in violation of the agreement. Here they are. You have you have a lying greaser weasel like Ted Cruz, and you have a little lying you know, pool boy faggot, uh, you know, like little Ricky, you know, Jubio. Yeah, old Jeb. Old Jeb tried to bring in Dumbia and tried to bring in maybe his daddy. And essentially, here's Trump saying, well, guess what here? George W. Bush did not keep us safe from 9-11. He got us involved in a bunch of wars, which we lost, cost trillions of dollars, 5,000 dead American Jews, 50,000 really messed up, cost millions of lives, although who gives a crap about that, and essentially has sent, has sent, what, a million Rag kids to Germany and Sweden, where now they're raping women and you know ten-year-old boys. Guess what? The establishment is worthless. They need to die. They were shoot. The only reason you would keep a bunch of niggers is to keep a cage of sodomistic, syphilitic niggers with AIDS, and you go ahead and throw these regime criminals and children into that cage. Don't feed the niggers. Let me go ahead and talk about the humanity of niggers. 
We're not. All these people, all these people, they talk and folks, the system is so fragile. It is so very fragile. Sooner or later, it will not write itself here at a lower level or lower level or lower level. It still took two and a half hours for the tit antic to sink. Still took two and a half hours for one the tit antic, which is supposed to be unthinkable, did sink. The dog Babylon is not unthinkable. No mighty evil empire is unthinkable. They all think. Tell me a mighty evil empire which went about destroying its founding race, its founding stock, which made it into an empire how long it lasted once it destroyed. Most of this empire, all he had was Mongols and Jews at the very top, and a few, okay, there's a few, uh, you know, formerly noble families from the Huygers. How long is it going to last? Answer, it doesn't last. It will not last. It's doomed. Dog Babylon is doomed. So what to do? For those of you who are listening, I urge you to find and make your own damn lifeboat now. I urge you Save yourself. Every so often, I go ahead and I look over at BNN, I look over at Spurfart, I go ahead and look a number of places, and what strikes me is the clowns of the 1990s and early aughts are pretty well done for, they're all done in. I go look over and at, you know, the pistol possum, there's nothing there. I go ahead and look at over gender benders, there's nothing there. I go occasionally, you know, Russ Walker, he'll send a few stupid things, there's nothing there. Folks, there's nothing there. There's no there there. Now, what I will do is I will indeed write a response to my real. And yes, I will file a lawsuit to fix, you know, at the six United States, you know, you know, the United States District Court in the Northern District of Ohio. I went ahead Saturday and it's docketed. I went and sent in my notice of appeal for my lawsuit against Newton County. And folks, my mother's dead. My brother killed her. What do I say? We'll say, say, hey, it's perfectly all right to go ahead and kill the parents of your enemies. It's perfectly okay to do whatever the hell you want to. There is just nothing but lawlessness and chaos ahead. And the only the only hope of bringing it back is not bringing it back to where, guess what, you are ruling over 
Okay, not eight million mongrels. They all died here in the collapse here. Let's let's just go ahead and set over our reform. From sea to shining sea of the open air coast coast nut house. Um anyhow, we'll have a little bit of problems, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and deport twelve million beaners. And then we're gonna allow them all to stay in here. Even though, even though for a couple of years there are far more white people dying now being born. Essentially you, you end up having somebody like Big Ricky Cruz talking about building you know, building a bigger navy, you talk about fighting Russia. All this delusional shit. Is anybody surprised? And the answer is no. Oh, it's by Telemundo. I mean, essentially what it is, it's a stick, it's a stick run thing here. And you have the Jew boy, Bernie Sanders. And the Jew boy is going to go ahead and talk about how he's going to go ahead and take some white men to give to the niggers and beaners. Then Hillary, she's going to explain that, yes, she voted against the path to citizenship or she voted for it or whatever she did back when she was a senator. And now she's going to change so much. But no, she's not going to give transcripts of her speeches to Goldman Sachs. Trust her. No, folks, our bowel movement and our song are all compromised by Mongols and Jews. Do you expect those Mongols and Jews to change their inherent notion? Last week, I went ahead and went over stumbling for the Flesh Rimblow show when during the debate. You know, I mean, there's two ways to do it. You can either do a half-hour show, tightly wrapped here, according to what is going on, you know, play with Flesh Rimblow. Or you can just simply have a show and listen to Talmud Vision while you're going. And essentially, I had, I had this. I had this drunken angle in the season named Virgil. He came over. He was guzzling. He was guzzling what? Bottle 45 or 47 of wild turkey, according to him. And supposedly he's talking to a nigger female named Rita Morley, who is married to a white doctor in Jamaica. And she's calling him local? She's making a phone call from Jamaica? to, you know, to, uh, you know, to Virgil. Answer, this is a tranny. It might be a nigger fat, you know, tranny. He's living around where old Dickie Barrett lived here. Why, hey, who knows? It could be a prison nigger faggot here. Could be a character called Brandon Orr. You know, a tranny. A tranny to eat shit. (laughs) A regular shit-eating tranny. You know, ACDC. I believe it's a real nigger female who has essentially got a rich winger doctor who's going to take care of me. She's running around talking to a loser, a drunken Anglo mestizo loser in Mississippi somewhere. Don't happen. I mean, it's just about as real as, say, the real George Takei called me in, 
calling into the show. <laughs> you sort of halfway want to believe it to be true, but it's not. I've been fooled a couple times myself. But anyway, he got enough liquor in him, and he just had called me a child molester and a child rapist. What does that tell me? Well, that tells me you're not a white man. Because the biggest fear of being a white man isn't being having dope put into a you know house or car. It's essentially being accused falsely of molesting your own kids. And then having them taken away and you be railroaded into living hell for the rest of your life. So my position is is that hey it happened to me, I get full I get full access to destroy your family, your entire family, your children, your parents, your brothers, your sisters, everybody. I have full access to destroy your entire family. Anybody who supports them. The policemen, the lawyers, the politicians, the judges. Why in the world leave them alive to plot a revolution against you? When they're dead, they can't cause any more trouble. They're dead. And the whole purpose of torturing them, you know, part of it is because it's fun, but the other part is, uh, hey, the, the ordinary Wiggers, 80% of Wiggers who essentially are just like a bunch of sheep, they go there and they see the gelding and the skinning and the burning and the impaling and the crucifixions and the carcasses being left to eat by the dogs and they say, fuck, I don't want to do this. I'm going to let the new order take over. And just like which happened when the Normans took over the Anglo-Saxon kingdoms, there was no real revolt because guess what? The Anglo-Saxon corrupt hierarchy had treated their own people corruptly. There was no rebellion on behalf of the Aztecs by any of the Indians or the Spaniards who Cortez had conquered because the Spaniards, yes, put them to work. Yes, the Spaniards went ahead and diddled them and cleared a whole bunch of mamsers, but also the Spanish did not tear their hearts out to God Hoochie Poochie here, the sun god. As long as they worked and as long as they stayed healthy, they got to live. As long as they didn't rebel against the Spanish. Hell, that was a better deal than they had under the Aztecs. The Normans offered a better deal to the Anglo-Saxon peasantry than their own corrupt establishment had. So, it's a matter, politics is a matter of getting your own way and giving who to what. I explain, I explain for this movement is that still with Mongols and faggots and Jews and Mamsers and Whiggers. And all they're gonna lead you to is into trouble. They don't know they don't have a vision. I have a vision. Now they have a very nice vision. It's a vision where what? Oh, about eighty percent of the Whiggers die in the collapse of head. 
it's a vision. It's a vision where, hey, even if you're a good shoe boy, a good man, the best you're going to have is a small reservation where you will have to fend for yourself. I don't really offer anyone other than civil war, bloodshed, fire, the sword. And I point out to you is that, hey, guess what? Civil war, bloodshed, fire, the sword is inevitable. It is the reign of history, especially the, you know, the inevitability of every mighty evil empire which has foundered and lost its way and destroyed its founding stock is collapse, is destruction, is a sort of Ragnarok, is a sort of apocalypse, is a sort of Armageddon. And the only salvation is, is to pray to Yahweh that you are worthy to escape. There's no rule of law. There's nothing. There's nothing outside the pit, which is, you know, I've seen it opening up. I see it opening up all the time here. Here's these stupid Democrats. A simpering waiter like Harry Reid. Essentially, they believe that their little kleptocracy, manzerocracy, Pakistocracy is going to last forever, and it's not. You think when Honorius, you know, the stupid, the stupid, you know, his daddy was, his daddy was pretty, you know, his daddy was essentially a warlord, a general. He died in 408, and he goes in and leaves the Western Roman Empire to Honorius and the Eastern one to the older one called Arcadius or whatever. Here's our Honorius here, and he's seeing a letter to Visigoth. Come, come up to you. Come there, and Alaric, he's not doing too well. He's sort of starving. He has to, he has to break his way in. And Honorius, Honorius, all he really did the shit was was his chickens. He had he had a bunch of chickens. He really was fond of them. And then one night, four ten. Somebody opens the gate to Rome, and the barbarians pour in, and Rome is being sacked. Sacked for the first time a little bit over 800 years, so 399 B.C. to 410. What is that? 811 years. First time in 811 years, Rome was sacked. But then the 4th century, guess what? Here comes Kaiseric the Vandal. He sacks Rome, and he really sacks Rome. They still, they still, they still call the term vandalized over what Kaiser did here. You know, over three days in 429 AD. Then tell her he got bought off. And after that, Rome went in the space of what 300 years. Went from a population of one million, maybe a million and a half, maybe one point two million, to where in seven eight hundred, you know, well into the quote dark ages, there's what thirty five thousand people living in the ruins of Rome.
in the what six seven hundreds? You know, six seven hundreds. There's only thirty five thousand out of one point two million living in the ruins of Rome. I don't know if you've seen, you know, episode number, you know, series number two of Vikings, but you have old Eckbert, you know, Eckbert the Saxon, and he is saying, hey, they were giants who created this. These Romans were giants. They were giants on the earth. No, they weren't. Some cases, the Saxons lived in the Roman villas or whatever. And maybe there were some of the baths, or like a swimming pool. I didn't quite know how to run it, so they're running around in tepid water in the summer. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But folks, there are no noble barbarians like Lawson started said. Things are not in good shape. What you have, what you have. I'm looking I'm looking old Bernie, I'm looking old Hillary. And they're promising all sorts of shit. And they assume that white people are just gonna give it up. Look at old nigger lips here. Why shoot? He has a crooked court behind him. But guess what? These these court people are saying, guess what? The most important thing we have is people should not lose faith. In our rulership, in our ability to be fair. And folks, guess what? The Supreme Court, now those Antoine Scalia here, was, you know, well, you know, there's some people who thought he was smothered by a pillow, and I have no reason not to say he wasn't. I don't really care for that worthless old wop. Look, folks, all this legal decision isn't what based on law is based upon whoever's in power wants to write up some bit of bullshit to justify doing whatever the hell they want to do. And as a result, does anybody really doubt that we are going to long have a motley mamzer crew of essentially a whole bunch of muds with what? Oh, maybe one third of them being sort of sort of wigger. You know, two thirds, two thirds supposedly officially wigger, but only one third of them are actually white. So essentially, what? Less than a hundred million wiggers. Over 200 million muds and cruds and various sort of orcish sort of things across the, you know, Sea to Shang Sea. And essentially, they came from places like Mexico and Guatemala and San Salvador and Syria, whatever, where they couldn't even maintain any order, maintain food supplies, maintain hospitals, maintain anything. And somehow, when they get over here, they're going to live off the wiggers, and the wiggers are just going to go ahead and open up their purses and their daughter's legs, and everything's going to be just all right? Well, no, I don't think so. Looks, things are not in good shape. Things are not going to become in good shape. And that includes the bowel movement. 
essentially, creatures act as evil as they can get away with. I'm real delusional. I'm going to go ahead and point out it's a shoot. I'm not really worried about old nigger lips so much. Nigger lips think that I'm insane. What would really, what would really amuse me if, as a result of my answers to old nigger lips, as old nigger lips goes to the mentor elementary school, or he goes to Lake County, Ohio? I don't think so much. You know, he has delusions. He's going to gut it out with the Lake County pig life and the FBI. I don't think he's going to. I, I think that nigger lips is more of sort of like an Adam Lanza. Guess what? This magistrate rules, you know, oh, yes, well, we went after his wife's purposes, bang her mouth away, but guess what? Old Nicholas got down a whole bunch of little Nicholas. You know, you know, and uh, what? The Mentor Elementary School or the Lake County Community College or whatever? This critter's fucked up. This critter's evil. Rabbi Fink, I went and looked over and talked to you. He had about five, six people. Now, now, Anus John and Anus Mel and Johnny UKA, who's, uh, who's uh, chasing after child molesters here to, to record them, I mean, report them. <laughs> They're pathetic. I asked what happened to old Rich Uberos here, and I guess either Rich was giving him carp instead of salmon, or when he was told he had to mount a hog, you know, he knew they weren't talking about Harley, they were talking about Des McGiffin's uh, son's uh, nigger hump here, gave him, you know, gave him either a grand, you know, grand nigglet or a nigglet, you know, for a son. And old Rich says, I ain't going to mount that, that she-boot hog. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Harley. <laughs> Eventually, you have these people, like Ada's job, they're living off of Butler. I tried to explain that Butler was not, you know, like Johnny Tonto Britton liked to claim, he was not Wesley Swift's successor. Wesley Swift left no successor. I tried to explain that, you know, I tried to explain is that, hey, during the heyday, of dual seedline Christian identity from Gerald L. K. Smith, who then sent to Wesley Swift and then to the Acme of Bertrand Comparay. The only one who actually knew any of those men is Dewey Tucker, and only in the case of Gerald L. K. Smith and Bertrand Comparay. And Dewey believes in reincarnation of a Mormon or Hindu or whatever, and Calvinism. Hinduism and Calvinism and Mormonism don't really mix here. It's, it's worse than, you know, essentially rough and shit here, like in Daniel chapter 2. Don't match. It's just foolishness for Mongols who are essentially are fakeites and Eliarites and uh, piss or possumites. Manzerites. See, ident- you know, Manzer, see, identity. And now they're pretending, oh, guess what? I'm a great CI dance. I believe in reincarnation. I believe Yahweh's in control of all things. So that means that I should. Well, I don't know if you really believe that Yahweh's in control of all things. But you should do. But you should do. That's why I listen to Dewey. 
Why should you listen to Dewey? Why should you listen to scriptures? If you're really dual seed line Christian day, if you're really white, you understand that the law is for you and are you only. And the law comes with covenant. The covenant is a reward. The law is the duty. And therefore, the law, only the law and the covenant apply to you. It's what ties you to your father, Yahweh. It's what Yahweh extends to you. And you can accept it or not, because you do have free will. It's far better to be in the first resurrection than the second resurrection. But, you know, the first resurrection means is that, hey, you might get your head chopped off during the Great Tribulation. The last shall be first, and the first shall be last. It might hurt. It might very well hurt. And then you're going to have to show that you really do have the faith. But no, what I tried to point out, what I tried to point out, is that you can, you can, if you are of us. But if you are not of us, then why are you here? Who do you think you're fooling? Do you think you're fooling Yahweh? Yahweh's such a tart. Yahweh don't know that I'm a mom. Yahweh doesn't care. He loves all the mobsters in the world. Why are you here? What is your purpose? Why do you bother? Who do you think you're fooling? What is the point? Folks, I made the point way back when. You know, you live 45 miles away from Paraguay, Should we do something about them? I said, no. Why would you want to do something about Trader Glenn Miller? Trader Glenn Miller, going after the mouth of this Jubilee lender, over on VNN or the Greater Free Range, Tart Trout, and Colossi Bag? If he's hanging around, why are you here? Why are you here? Don't go after these creatures who don't belong. Let them show their works. I was listening to Rabbi Fink yapping about how there is no such thing as telegamy, telegamy because Clifton at Captain Milty Amheiser said it was. Well, guess what? Captain Milty Amheiser is a Sicily Guido Mongrel who hates Comparay and Dulce like Christian Dante. Rabbi Fink hates real dual sea line Chris said that he's a papist predator and a Jew boy that's what the critter is so why so why worry about it understand who these creatures are in case what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and take a break 
We'll be back. I'd like to thank Queen Cameron. She got a number of things wrong, but I simply, I don't expect her to know everything. Basically, she want, I want her to go ahead and bring up something about Brian Real and Rabbi Frank and, you know, Clifton M. Heiser and Elon James and essentially put them all in the same boat. Doesn't have to be a perfect boat. Hell, if you want if you want these Jews and Mongols in a boat, you want the boat to leak. You want the boat to go ahead and sink underneath them. The point of having Mongols and Jews is that you can't drive them out, not today. Because they are what they are. What you do is you observe who they get close to, and then you deal with them. So I'm going to go ahead and take a break, and we will be back in about three or four minutes. I'll sit and chat, and I'm going to take a few steps here to end the, well, the Ask Clown show, you know, uh, trolling. So back in a little bit, hail victory. No, I'm just setting the tar- I'm just setting the uh, flash tards.
And uh, essentially, they have been paying the rent up in Juplin. Uh And <laughs> they're working, I mean, essentially, landlord is working on evicting them. And uh, what happens is that she, she's been running around for the past five and a half years with this character I call Red Digger. Now, Red Digger has a, you know, even bigger son. Red Digger's what? He's, he's a little bit, he may be a little bit taller than me. He's sort of shaped like a pear. He's just a fat, he's just a fat uh, tar here, but he hasn't been working for the last two months. So fat ass lost her job. Oh, work at a convenience store. So, because Daddy wanted him to go back down to the Biloxi Tunica Reservation in Mississippi. I suppose they were supposed to kick him out last Friday, but they didn't. And so here's Emily, and she's found herself a new meerkat uh, who she's been humping. She's been humping you know, on the sly uh, for a while. I mean, you know, heck, uh, my stepdaughter is a welfare slut. Or she was. Uh, you know, I remember, I remember when essentially her first husband, uh, the, the meerkat I liked the best here. The, the actually the the uh, you know the actual spawner of uh, grandchild number two, you know the little retarded boy named Bub, we called Bub. And here she was. She was humping Codney. She was humping about everything which had a dick. And she came out from the chat pile. She had a whole bunch of leaves from where she was on the bottom. Hump 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 about on the chat pile. I said, shoot, you're not going to show up to, uh, you know, pull old Sean that away, are you? No, no, no. I said, well, you're not really hiding the fact you're a big slut here. Well, anyway, she ran him off, and then he ran off to Kansas. I got, I got my uh, granddaughter back, and looking back on, I should have left. I should have left. Retarded boy with his daddy. And to be raised by the three uncles, none of whom have an IQ of greater than 72. I'm not quite sure which one's the smart one, but essentially they raised an IQ from about 70 to about 68. You know, and they were all, they were all getting retarded, of course, Joey Kansas. And I looked at them, and essentially they were white. They were white. They were all white, but dumb. I mean, you know, one is just barely over severely retarded, which is average for a nigger, which is a low average for niggers. You know, uh, 85 is average for niggers down to about 70. You know, white people, uh, low for them is 85, which is your average nigger. There's a 15-point difference in IQs. Of course, it's gone down over the last couple of years on everybody, including niggers, you know, including, certainly including wiggers. But anyway, I made a mistake. I should have left the boy and essentially taken the the granddaughter who Sean didn't like anyway because essentially he knew it, you know, it wasn't you know his court here. In any case, it, it probably life would have been a little bit better. But anyway, she's going ahead and she is humping. She's humping, and I tell her, look, you know, I mean, me and Roxy raised two oldest. And she was supposed to go ahead and sign them over to Oxy, but she didn't because she was getting uh, she was getting from husband number one a check, and she was getting from you know uh, you know and for you know number two, who Sonny was not only a check from the husband you know, but you know and check for the for the for the girl, 
but she was also getting a crazy check of $536. So she was not going to give it to Roxy because she wouldn't spend that crazy check. And she did. So anyway, here she is. She's humping. And she finds Meerkat number two. And guess what? They have two kids in about a little bit over a year and a half, something like that. Well, maybe two years, I don't know. Let's see. J.J. Bourne, what, the uh, 22nd of February? Yeah, Sweet Pea was born, what, in late April of the next year. So, whatever, they are. Oh, this, you know, they're getting on 16 and 15. And I've seen them for, what, over a decade. But anyway, she's humping. She's humping a new tard. And guess what? She's going to move. She wants to move out. She wants to move out with her dog. You know, just a bad and red nigger. Bad and red nigger. And I said, hey, look. You got two choices here. You want to know, I'm going to give him a second chance. I said, why give him a second chance? You're going to get rid of them anyway. In fact, you're not going to get rid of them. You're going to get yourself rid of them because you're going to go ahead and move. You're going to go ahead and move with, uh, oh, with Meerkat number 667 uh, to a travel home. To a travel home, you know, uh, what, Winnebago or something here on his daddy's place here, somewhere around Goodman, Missouri, you know, in McDonald County. I have a choice as well, not leaving my, uh, you know, a dear John, you know, because it's name, you know, John's the name of his, her red nigger. And I said, you have two choices. He said, dear red nigger, I'm tired. I'm tired of your four-inch dick. I'm tired of your four-inch dick. <laughs> and I'm tired of the fact that, you know, you're a worthless bastard. So me, so me and the puppy dog are leaving you. Loving kisses, fat ass. Or you just simply don't leave a note. And when you and the dog, you know, and the hump are gone, <laughs> along with the dishes and the silverware and uh, whatever else you got, when you figure it out for yourself, head on down to, to the Kabbalatsi here. So, you know, travel, travel, you know, trailer house living is not bad. It's not that bad. Don't worry about it. Hell, even the, even a fourteen percent nigger and eighty six percent Jew boy like corn cob can live in a hole in the ground with a blue wall tarp over the top of it. You know the hole in Montana in the winter time. Why, hey, the travel home is luxurious living here. Just look at that way. Okay. <laughs> Okay, let me see what you're talking about here. <laughs> I'm sure he's up to something here. Uh, let's see here. Let me look here. Uh, well, you can have a bunch of... I, I think Johnny Tonto Britt's in here. You know, Tonto? Uh, you have been served by the court, you know, in Lake County, Ohio. Very be nice to me. Very man with old wire bill months about the clues. Okay, where was I? Uh, we we got all these critters that have come in to white nationalism, CI dentistry, and they don't belong. You can tell. Uh, Queen was talking about John Fred. Oh, Carolyn Yenta. Let me see what Carolyn Yenta's up to. 
What is Carolina? He's a weather man. Well, I mean, if you live in North, you know, Western North Carolina, he can be useful, I guess. Do something. Let's see what Carolyn Yenta is up to. You know, here she is, a Hungarian Magyar Kush, who is into pretending to be a great Nazi. You know, I mean, heck, maybe she believes he's Archangel Michael. All right. Are these thousand days just 40 days? Okay. All right here. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm looking. I'm telling you, I don't have anything new or used or any good here. Let's see. Let's see. Again, I was looking, uh, somebody was bitching over at Linder, the Wiggers who was, you know, bitching about, you know, G-Boy Linder. Who cares? Who cares? G-Boy Linder is, oh, being yelled at by Wiggers will. Boo-hoo-hoo, boo-hoo-hoo, boo-hoo-hoo. Let's try getting in there. So, by the way, by the way, old, uh, Anus John, by the way, Papa Twat went ahead and thinked me out. You know, he pulled a pig fraud on me. Pulled a pig fraud on me. So I'm looking I'm looking at the chat room here, see if there's anything new. Okay. Daniel Ben Israel. Well, yes, welcome, Danny. Uh you know, every so often, every so often, I just have to, I'll try to explain to Daniel Ben Israel, a.k.a. Daniel Lontard. Have you heard of Lone Wolf? He's a Lontard. Uh, for some reason, he thinks that Possum is a great C.I. dentist screwer. And the answer is that Mr. is a Pistol Possum. He's a sympathetic, malignant Pistol Possum. But on the other hand, he's engine, and Daniel Lontard likes, likes some of that <laughs> Like some of that, uh, <laughs> he, he he likes that chili pepper. He likes that chili pepper coon tang here. You know what I mean? And I was trying to explain to him to to leave his little sport in Chile, where it belongs. But on the other hand, why? Hey, Germany, Germany's beginning to look a lot like well, Chile land. Heck, there may be more white people in Chile than there are in Germany left here by this time here. And heck, what with rape refugees here? Why, maybe it's time to head on out to uh, south of the border. Taco Bell got your order. Take a ride for the border. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All righty here. 
money. What the hell of a deal? If he could, if he could go ahead and only, if he could only brew persimmons, if he could only brew persimmons into crack, why? Hey, that that pisser possum would have it made, wouldn't he? Here, <laughs> okay. Here, let's see. He upgrades to. Uh, don't say upgrade to meth here. Back in 2008, he was definitely in the meth. And then, I think in 2009. I mean, he got to where he uh, used to have a bunch of YouTube videos of the very last UCOI meeting, you know, and around Atlanta where an old uh, Eli or James showed up and the Piss Possum showed up. And he pulled all them damn YouTube videos because it showed that he was obviously using meth. Took them all down. Well, what I did is I took a I took a I took a screenshot of this YouTube video, and regretfully I didn't know how to save. I didn't know how to save those YouTube videos, so I took them all down except for one. And he just all he had was a little the little you know the meth goober the little meth goober avatar here floating around on the YouTube video. <laughs> he still has here, but uh, if you really want to if you really want to see. You know, you have Ucoin. You have Fink. He he has control of Ucoin. That was all the guy Rick Spring, and that's where Pisspot came from. He came from the Rick Spring faction. Uh, when Rick Spring, a uh, federal informant, he was going to set up. He was going to set up only we are able to claim to be Aryan nations, and Billy Roper went along with that. And I chewed on Billy Roper's ass and said, "Look, you don't determine the leadership of." Christian identity. In fact, in fact, any of the above ground CI tards, which are Jews like Fink and Eliar and uh, Dan, Melanges like Dan Johns and some party Melanges like uh, Jeremy Visser and oh, just red niggers like Johnny Tonto Britton and the rest here, uh, Anus John Gert, whatever. Folks, that is what? A fraction of a percentage? of the people who actually believe real Christian identity, especially dual seed wine, is in the one and two and three family congregations. That's why I trust old, somewhat trust old Papa Cat. You know, I mean, he lives in, what, western North Carolina, which is the number two. You know, western North Carolina, eastern Tennessee, and he'll, you know, wherever show Billy's, there is CI dentistry. Now, a lot of them get into the sacred name. And, oh, please, yes. When you call me, then call me, Yahweh. There's a bunch of them in McDonald County, Missouri. And what they do is they will take, you know, really the Copperayan view of the Western is essentially the Western. California, you know, logical view. I've tried to explain to Queen Cameron, I've tried to explain to a number of people, is that Christian identity has always been decentralized, even at its prime, and, you know, starting in the late 50s, and essentially its prime would probably be 1967. With Bertrand Camperet and Wesley Swift working together, just before Wesley Swift died, and uh, Dewey Tucker explained to me that toward the end, 
you know, Wesley Smith sort of would lose his train of thought. So they didn't put down the last month or so of his reel-to-reel sermons, which were brought on to, what, cassettes. This is the old type of cassettes. If you're in the United States, if you're in the United States, you would have a little bitty $25 cassette by, later on by RCA, but by a whole bunch of other little things like Sony or whatever. And so like transistor radios, and they would record TV shows and listen to them on these here little cheap oxide cassettes, which cost, why, even then, about, what, 50 cents a dollar, and play it back here. I still got tapes from 1975 that recorded on a little bitty $25 cassette player. And look, that's what they sent out. They would send out thousands of cassettes here, and people would... People would pay a dollar or something to hear them. I mean, folks, this is how this is how the Ayatollah Khomeini from Paris took over took over from the Shah because here he is. He's in Paris and he's yeah. He don't much care for Paris. He don't much care for the Frog Wars, but he is essentially in this little apartment and he is speaking. Well, hatred against the Shah, hatred against the Jews. Hatred against the Russians, hatred against the Americans. The great Satan and the little Satan. Now as long as the great Satan, you know, the Russians are, well, hey, they're okay. What he would do is he would send this out on cassettes. They would pass and people would read them and they would pass them around. And that was what happened in the days of Wesley Swift and Bertrand Comperay. Christian identity has always been decentralized. It has always been, you know, you know, Christian identity is a bunch of tards going to a compound and showing their ass. And when you go out, okay, I got I got $600 from Southern Poverty Law Center. Let's hold it away. Let's show our ass. So Southern Poverty Law Center can go ahead and get $60,000 or $600,000 from $600 investment. That's not Christian Daddy. That's not real Christian Daddy. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and be quiet for about a minute or so, and I'm going to unmute Cornelius Condreno. How's things in semi-frozen Kanekistan? Yeah, that's me. How you doing tonight, Pastor Lindstedt? Uh, what happens is that today it got up to 70, 74 degrees in Boy, February. that's pretty nice. We're going to get 59 what? tomorrow. That's uh, Or not 59, but 49 tomorrow. Almost 50. Okay, well. So that's not oh, bad. 30, We're actually looking forward to that. That's a, that'll be a pretty decent winter day, not like 71. 49, you know. 49 is average around this time. This is going to be unusually warm winter, sort of like the winter of, what, 2011 to 2012. Now, the winter of 2000 and, 
2013 to 2014 was, it was awful down here. And yeah, that was a pretty was, bad one, yeah. It was, they said it was so cold, they said it was so cold that there was ice, there was still ice in Lake Superior at the end of June in early 2014. But then it's, you know, this was a rather mild, weak winter, and uh, I was like, I was looking at the ice maps a couple of days ago, just seeing if there was a place to go ice fishing around here any place, and there's there's no ice anywhere on the Great Lakes, period. There's a, there's a little bit around, uh, oh, like Colchester, but I, I don't know what it was. It didn't show that it was uh, of any kind of fair strength, so, you know, you wouldn't want to risk your life walking on it. Or driving but, uh, yeah, we're open. A couple, couple, a week or so ago, there was some tards up in Michigan. They drove their cars out onto the ice, and essentially the ice uh, was only 10 inches, and it collapsed underneath them. They were parking like it was a parking lot. Yeah, and that's, uh, it, it didn't. It didn't. That happens good. every year. It's nothing new. Nothing new. Well, I no. don't know. I, I probably wouldn't even. I probably wouldn't even trust the Buick. I probably wouldn't even trust the thousand dollar Buick. To uh, you know, to parking out on the ice, you know what I mean? I mean, well, they I say don't see why people can't. I don't see why people can't just simply walk out there here and have done with it. You know? <laughs> You're talking about <laughs> fat, slovenly, you know, wigger pieces of shit, basically, Martin. Okay. And anyway, if you are going to do that and drive out on the thin ice, you leave the door open. That's the uh, that's the key. That way, at least when you bust through, you can get out of the car in a well, hurry. I got a thousand, I got a thousand more dollars, but still, you know, it's a principal thing. I, I mean, I used to buy cars for three hundred dollars, but you can't buy one that really runs anymore for less than a thousand. So as I look at it, I buy a car for a thousand, and I expect to drive it for four or five years, and essentially driving out into ice here. Why? That's sort of a, that's sort of a risk of a thousand bucks here, because that means that. I have to go ahead and look for another thousand dollar, you know, vehicle, and I don't want to be bothered with it. You know what I mean? Oh well, yeah, if you can't afford to lose it, I mean, you don't do that well, for sure. Well, I can't afford to lose it, but why bother? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if, you know, if you have an attitude, you're going to be cavalier with your thousand dollar vehicles. Then hey, uh, you're going to have to buy a couple more of them here when you don't have to. You just sort of keep them running here. You know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I you know this this year I'm going to be spending a lot on my legal offense, my legal offense uh, thing here. Uh, oh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, here is this wigger that Brian Real was suing, you know, for violation of that here. He sees the thing up there and he begs me, pleads, and he he just he offers me. He says, "Well, I've given Brian Real a million thousand dollars selling here." Uh, I'll give you fifteen hundred dollars to take it down. And I says, "Well, what, what, I don't." What exactly was it he wanted you to take down, Martin? Was it about he his, wanted, like a case the real had with him? He yeah, he chased the Brian Real had with him. So what, did he, what was he so like? Uh, you know, all wound up about wanting you to take it down for? Him? Was he embarrassed he by it? Because as he looks at here, I've never been sued before. My brother's a lawyer. My daddy's a lawyer. And essentially, Brian Rail, he, he was going to charge me 25000 and it was 15000 $10,000, $5,000. we got down to 1000 He said he wanted to destroy my business. I was like, well, let me see that here. 
And since I've gone ahead, I haven't taken it down, but I've hidden it. And now that he, you know, he's went ahead and settled it, you know, dismissed it with prejudice. And now he doesn't want to talk to me no more. And I'm going to have to then say, hey, look, man, uh, I thought we were going to send old nigger lips to prison. Anyway, tomorrow, tomorrow, or you know, at least by Saturday, I got to give get up this thing. And pretty well, I've been negotiating with Brian, you know, not Brian Reels, but Buck McHugh's, well, Buck McHugh's tards from back in 2010 on the Skype call. And essentially, he sent me to a thread over on Storefront where old nigger lips is talking about the FBI chasing him, how he's going to go ahead and gun down the FBI. Now, I would be worried about old nigger lips, but he's a big coward, and for some reason he thinks that I'm nuts, even though he's the one who's nuts. But in any case, you know, as I look at it, you know, he has – there was a 3-minute and 16-second podcast to where he talks about how he's going to gun it out with the police here. Now, he's a total – you know, what he's done is that he told me – he told me that he was going to file – Bogus case after bogus case in Lake County and forced me to come up there and essentially deal with all his bogus cases. He's done that. And this is criminal activity. But here is, I guess, some stupid female judge, magistrate judge, up in uh, Lake County, and supposedly they've already got an ex parte order against me, and I'm supposed to show up on February 25th at 830, you know, 730 my time, and answer that, and I'm not going to. You know what I mean? Yeah. What I'm going to do, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just simply file, you know, a federal lawsuit. And what happens? Old nigger lips illegally tried to get me go, you know, go over to Newton County and essentially put my head in the noose. And old Ken Copeland, he did not want to come over here because every time I see that cocksucker, and there's there's a, even a crossword exchanged. He sued. You know what I mean? And by the way, by the way, my lawsuit, Aryan Nations versus Newton County at all, uh, I sent, I went ahead and put $505 in church money to the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals. And people say, why do you file these lawsuits? And the answer is I file these lawsuits not to win, but to go ahead and make it quite clear there's no solution other than civil war and exterminating whoever's in power now. Uh, so yeah, but we basically what, already know that, Martin. We don't need another, yeah, we, we another court case to tell us that. I mean, if, if you no, do, no, then no, the, no, there's no, something no, wrong no, with no. you. No, no. Everybody no, ought to know that by now. Well, they ought to know that, but they don't here. They don't. And generally, generally the, uh, you know, the thing is that, oh, my, my favorite science fiction author, really science fact, was... Uh, this guy who was six foot seven, named uh, what the hell was his name? Uh, Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton was writing books way back in 1969 about the parathyroid glands and how people didn't know what they did. And they still don't know too much about what they did here. Uh, they regulate calcium, and essentially it was uh, something by a medical student in favor of abortion or something like that here. But he wrote it. He wrote a rather prescient book, which made him less. You know, he, he wrote Jurassic Park, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard about that. But he wrote yeah, a book I saw the movie. Yeah. Two, he wrote a book in 2004 called State of Fear, which 
debunk global warming, which essentially they chase into climate change because people are, you know, well, like you, living in, you know, Minnesota, or you live north of Minnesota, you live in, what, Ontario. I imagine it's pretty cold up there. And people are saying, saying, well, hey, it would be so nice to have some global warming for a change. You know what I mean? Certainly in Minnesota or North Dakota or South Dakota, it gets pretty damn cold. I think it gets cold in South Dakota than North Dakota. Take all we can get. Take all the warming you can get over the summer here. You bet. Well, I mean, heck, I'm not talking about a lot. I'm, I'm just talking about maybe 26 degrees instead of what? Minus 22 or something like that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, but in any case, uh, you know, after 2004, he was no longer the darling of liberals because he wrote about how these eco-terrorists were causing earthquakes. They were causing all the stuff to happen in order to get their way. And you had a state of fear, and they called it the state of fear after the Berlin Wall crashed in November of 1989, so now they have to scare people. And what do they scare people with? Well, now you know after you know after about what 10 years, you know 15 years, they they scared them with Muslim terrorists or something like that. But you know they're still scaring them with global warming and all this other shit. And what what's come out is that this is global fraud. This is not real. This is not anything which is legitimate. It's all together. It's all together a fraud. It's the, same, it's the same kind of horse shit that acid rain was from, uh, you know, 25 years ago, which they, you know, hooed and hawed about for most of the 1980s. And then yeah. uh, all of a sudden they proved it was a fraud, and then you just didn't hear about it much anymore. Although this time they've already proved that global warming is a fraud, and yet we're still hearing about it. So they're not going to let this one it. die so easy, I guess. We're still hearing about it. And, uh, you know... I, I, I was looking at old Hillary. I was looking at Bernie. I'm looking at all these sort of characters that are yapping about, you know, you know, they're yapping about what, uh, you know, climate change and any fossil fuel. And they all seem to realize is that the United States, the last thing it should do is to stop mining coal. If they really wanted to do something to where they didn't have to fight in the Middle East, what they could do is not so much Wyoming because it doesn't really have the water, but what they could do is that they have in central Illinois, they have places called, you know, right at the surface, there's a town called Carbondale. And so they could strip mine the coal and they could go ahead and burn it. Okay, I'm looking. I guess I'll let Southeast Texas in, although I think he's a clown. Yeah, that's the president of all radio, I think, isn't it? Well, I know. Southeast Texas, you're muted. Yes, yes, good evening to you, gentlemen. And yes, it is the late-night president of all Internet talk radio. How are Todd you Morris. Todd Morris, right? Yes, yes, Todd Morris. How are you? You did an interview with me, and I seen it the other day over on Spreaker. Yes, yes, yes. It it, it is great. Uh, it is rave reviews over on on Spreaker, and uh, thank you again, Pastor. Thank you. Well, Newskike likes having me on up to a point, and the reason Newskike likes having me on is at least 
I'm unusual. I, you know, I mean, it's, it's sort of like I'm, an, I'm a Klansman with two heads and four dicks, you know, talking to his Jew boy buddies in New York and uh, New Jersey. You know, they go ahead. Oh, that's a real Klansman. That's a real Aryan nation. That's a real Nazi here. A real, real one here. Why, he's more far than a two-headed calf with four dicks. <laughs> they, uh, uh, they go ahead and eat that up here. Probably you do, too. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, oh, all, yeah. we, all, we all love it. There, there can only be one, Captain Martin. Lindstead. Only one. Only one. So... Uh, where was I? I I just I you know I was I was talking about this book which came out called State of Fear. I thought it was a wonderful book, but after that, they no longer the liberals no longer like Michael Crichton because he made fun of one of their means of power, A.K.A. global warming, climate change, because he pointed out. Is that no? There was no, there was no real change here. In fact, from the 1300s until 1850, there was what was called a little ice age, and that that you know the the beginning of things getting colder in the 1300s brought about, as they believe, might have brought about the Black Death, brought up the you old know, changes all over the place. But in order to have a renaissance, you had to have a big death of all these people who didn't really amount to anything before you could have a renaissance. Really, England changed as a result of the Black Death because it meant, you know, along with, you know, Edward I kicking out the Jews in 1290, and then under his son, why things were starting to turn bad. He was a big homo. And they pokerized Edward, the, you know, Edward II, his bitch wife, who is played by Marcel Marceau, uh, you know, in Braveheart. You know, but the best, the best explanation about how Braveheart got through Hollywood is that the Jews, you know, they may not like William Wallace that much, but they had Edward I more because he kicked them out of England, a merry old England, and kicked them out for about 350 years. But you, you had you've had these mini ice ages, and you go and you go and look. You've had you've had these you know since the what last great ice age of about ten thousand BC, about twelve thousand years ago. You've had a number of climate changes. You've had a number of things change and. And what happens is that Michael Crichton was pointing out to these big old evergreen forests here. 2,000 years ago, they weren't allowed. It was something else. There was something else. There wasn't these big, there was some of them, but there wasn't what you see there. They point out how Yellowstone in the 1880s was a totally different thing to where it came up in the 50s, and now it's changing back again. I, heard, I read once when Sam Houston sailed up the uh, what the hell's the name of that river, Mississippi River, uh-huh. for the first time. It was uh, prairie land on both sides, you know, not a tree to be found. It was just like uh, I don't know, like you'd find out like where I don't know Dakotas. There were no trees there. All the trees on both sides of the of the 
Mississippi, when you see them now, they've all been there since, you know, 1700s. That's all grown okay. out that far. Well, the Ohio, the Ohio was known as an extraordinarily beautiful river. And you go look in Kentucky, that's about the, you know, the Western Kentucky is about the most parklandish place here. There's not overbrush or something like that, like there is in Missouri, Oklahoma, whatever. And in many cases where you have these, we have these river valleys like the uh, Missouri, you will have, you will have, uh, you can look from the church here, you can look, uh, you can look a mile across to where the river moved. And essentially, it's just simply, oh, it's just planted in corn and soybeans. And it's some of the best, it's sort of like having the Nile. It's the best, it's some of the best black dirt that you have. But as a result of them, you know, those floods here, a tree, a tree simply can't, you know, simply can't take root. So you might, that might, that might have been the case here. Well, yeah, it probably can't get established by the time it gets washed away by the next flood. That's probably what it is. By the next flood comes spring or whatever. So, yeah, you you will have, you know, I've been, I've been, you know, the, you know, on both sides, it's called the Delta, and it it starts way up. It starts way up in southern Missouri, southern Illinois. Uh, You know, it's called the Delta for a reason. I went to the world's biggest cat, you know, kitty litter place. I had a headache from all the damn stink of that. I picked up a load of kitty litter and they dig up, they dig up this dirt, this clay and they turn it into kitty litter uh, in Mounds, Illinois. And, you know, four or five miles away is Cairo to where you have the Ohio, you know, where the Ohio and the Mississippi join, the, you know, the Missouri and Mississippi joint is, is pretty magnificent, especially when you have a flood like in 1993. Oh, that was that was one hell of a flood. But you know, you have where the Ohio and the Mississippi join, and it is it is overwhelming. It looks like a vast inland lake here. The 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 river is what two three miles wide. You know, very 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 wide. Yeah, so as a result, really you awesome. have you have all this. You have all this soil. You have all this black dirt. And in the case of Alabama and Mississippi, this was, you know, Mississippi was the richest, was the richest uh, state. Natchez, Mississippi was the richest town in the United States. Well, what was it caused by? Well, it was caused by, well, essentially owning niggers and owning plantation slavery to where... You know, here they have very, very, very rich soil. And I was reading part of this book to where uh, Thomas Jefferson and Thomas Madison, or, you know, you know uh, James Madison, James Madison, they deliberately, they deliberately worked against the South Carolinians. And what they did is that they set up to where there would be no more African nigger importation after 1808. And what it was is that essentially Virginia, to a lesser extent Maryland, they didn't want nigger slaves. They wanted they want to essentially breed nigger slaves, and that's what they did. 
They bred nigger slaves to sell. You've heard the term sell down the river? Well, they were selling them to Mississippi where they wanted them. And the South Carolinians were pissed off about that shit. They were, you know, they they, they did illegally bring in niggers and uh, the Lafitte, you know, Lafitte brothers, uh, you know, who was fighting with Andrew Jackson. They were also they were also smuggling in niggers too. And they, you know, seven eight years after they were supposed to no longer ship niggers from Africa, they were still shipping niggers from Africa. The South Carolinians and the Louisianans and the Mississippians they were all sort of mad because they wanted cheaper niggers from Africa. To bring in, but then you had what 1804 and had Haiti, where African niggers rose up. I mean, there were there were certain places like Brazil which would run through niggers. There were places like Mississippi which would sort of run through niggers. You know, Virginia they were being bred by niggers, and so Virginia was selling. You know, I mean the tobacco the tobacco had pretty well worked out, and now they were selling. They were selling niggers down the river. Yeah, that was the days before they, before they learned to rotate lands. You know, they farmed a lot of that stuff out 30 or 40 years, you know, growing tobacco there. Well, all that really stuff where the, uh, where the golf courses are in uh, Myrtle Beach and that, that's all, that was all farmed out uh, you know, tobacco farm land. There. Now, now it isn't so much because tobacco isn't used as much here. Uh in fact, they've tried to cut down on it, and there's some of them who still do with tobacco, okay? So, in any case, uh, I'll just hey, you know, I happen to, see, happen to see that documentary, the, the uh, Craig Cobb one, about a week ago. The uh, Welcome to Leith, I don't know whether you saw it or not. Actually, I didn't. But, I shouldn't say I saw the documentary. I watched about the first ten minutes of it, and I was, you know, I was got pretty sick and tired of it. But anyway, the whole story's told in the first ten minutes of it, anyway. So if you watch it, just watch like ten minutes, and that'll be enough. Basically, what they do is they start the thing out with a couple of interviews, right? And the interviews are telling. The first person they interview is uh, some Jew woman who lives there. Now there's 25 people live in Leith, right? And of course, they got a Jew woman who's. Uh, I don't know, Cynthia Skokel or something like that. And Whatever. She's talking about how awful it is. And then this is this is the real one right here, Martin. They have a nigger in Leith. And yeah, not only the just a regular nigger. nigger, they they have a nigger who is married to some old uh, coal burner. They yeah, have him on there in the interview, and he's showing like, a picture of him and his wife. So, and I mean, the there's, there's the whole story. Well, I, I, I was always suspicious because I found out you know, I mean, essentially, the Southern Poverty Law, I believe the Southern Poverty Law Center has been working with Corn Cobb. I believe Corn Cobb is 14% nigger and 86% Jew boy. And I have to question, how the hell did Corn Cobb manage to find the only 30-mile town? It's called 30-mile town because you'll have a town. You know, see, I, see, I know because I was, you know, you know, my mom's family was West River, South Dakota, my dad's family was East River, South Dakota. You know, and there is a, you know, I mean, they're both Swedes here, but, you know, East River has rocks. West River yep. doesn't have any rocks. And it's it's far drier. It's, you know, essentially uh, you can raise corn in East or South Dakota. You can raise pigs since you have corn. 
You can't raise pigs and you can't raise corn in West River, South Dakota. You can raise upland wheat. You can maybe raise barley, but you can't, you know, over the winter, but you cannot raise, you can raise cows and you can raise wheat or maybe barley, but you cannot raise anything else here. It's still black dirt, but you don't have enough water. You know, the water in many cases becomes alkali. Uh, there'll be, where it rains, there will be these alkali, you know, these whitish salt flats, which is alkali. You know, it will give you the shits if you drink the water there. You know, the water tastes like cow piss. I mean, or prairie dog piss and whatever. Totally different, totally different. You know, very much different just by crossing the river. And I was, you know, so what you have in West River, South Dakota, and West River, North Dakota, is you have what's called 30-mile towns. And what happens is that there'll, you know, there'll be a place 15 miles, you know, to the east, and 15 miles, I mean, sort of like a, sort of like an irrigation circle. And in that town, you will have a combination grocery store, gas station, bar, restaurant, run by one or two people, and that is what you will have here. And well, those, those, those towns those, came about because about the furthest you could drive in one day in a wagon was, you know, talking 100, 120 years ago, was about 15 or 20 miles in a day. With you're a horse, right, you're right. you know, loaded down with all your wheat and shit that you were trying to take into town or maybe get to a railroad town so you could get it on a on a railroad bound for the east, right? So that yeah, was why well, every, you know, there was a, every towns, 15 miles there was a town, basically. There had to be one, you know. South Dakota's, South Dakota's biggest population was in the 1930s, just before the Great Depression. Then the dirty 30s drove out. I mean, that's why my grandfather, you know, the youngest of 11 children, he borrowed... You know, his, uh, well, essentially his dad, Carl Svensson, or, you know, Charles Samuelson, went ahead and gave a lot of his money to the old maid uh, school teachers, and they had the money, and they loved baby Martin, their baby brother Martin, and they loaned him money to where he was buying out these homesteaders who, you know, for the price of a railroad ticket and, you know, weeks, whatever food to get back, get back east, he was buying up these homesteads here, and he... The, uh, so he did that in 1936, 1937, 1938, 1939, and then guess what? Here comes 1940, 1941, the rains start coming again, and the government eats wheat and eats beef. So now he's rich. Sharecroppers are all being moved out because they can't make any money anymore. Well, they can't, you know. With I the mean, small the farms, dirty, you know, they're just going to all do it. You had, you had, they called it the dirty 30s. You had grasshoppers, you had, you had grasshoppers, you had drought, you had dust storms, you had everything. And essentially, unless you were a tough, unless you were a tough Swede or Czech or, Ukrainian or whatever, and usually the the Czechs and Ukrainians were East River. You know, you had to be really a tough, you know, South Coast mainly Swedes, North Dakota is usually sneaky Norwegians here. But since I'm, I'm looking at this, and I figured out two months before corn cob went ahead and let it out in August, and some part let it out, I figured out in May where corn cob was living. 
because he sort of let it out here. He sort of let it out. You he, he were looking here, and I figured out he was in a 30-mile town, and he was. How the hell did he find probably the only 30-mile town in West River, North Dakota, which had a nigger from Cleveland and a mud shark? You know what I mean? How the hell did he do that? You know what I mean? How do you find, you know what I mean? You see, you stick, you stick 25 people in a white room, in, in, 25 white people in a room, and you stand up and say something like, you know, everybody, I don't really much like niggers. And what's everybody going to say? Like, number one, half the people agree with you. They don't like niggers either. And the other well, half, well, they don't really care one way or the other. I had, kind of like I our, had our my, friend from I South had my East Texas first there. Cousin. I had my mother's first cousins bitch about me because they mistook Missouri for Mississippi, and they're bitching about how I treat niggers. I said, shit, there ain't that many niggers in Missouri. You're thinking no. Mississippi. And essentially, you'll have, you know, I mean, some of my mother's stupid, you know, they all hate Indians. I mean, every, I've never seen a white South Dakotan, at least of the old school, who did not hate, you know, and despise Indians. You know what I mean? Well, they'd hate niggers but, if there was any around. That's the, you yeah, know, that's yeah. the whole thing. I mean, I it's did, like, I, uh, bring them close to my, you, and that's the best education you can give a person. Well, it's called my coon tack. I, I mean, the very first coon nigger tack. I ever exactly. seen, the very first nigger I ever seen was in 2001. In Pierre, and it was only because the nigger was going all the way to Seattle, or he was driving down I ninety, and decided to see the smallest, you know, in population and the size state capital. So he drove thirty five miles up, you know, up eighty one. I think it was, you know, US eighty one. So he went up to see Pierre. You know what I mean? He was just yep. he was just a nigger traveling from Chicago to, you know, Seattle, Portland on ninety here and. If you keep on going, you can see the Custer. You can drive off a little while and see the little bighorn and stuff like that here. But, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure there's niggers in Sioux Falls now, but, uh, you know, maybe there's some niggers in Rapid City, but usually three-quarters of the Rapid City federal court is drunken Indians stabbing and shooting not white people but each other on the reservation. That's... You know, they're, they're a sovereign yeah. tribe, so three-quarters of Rapid City is drunken Indian, shoots or stabs some other drunken Indian or whatever. It's just stupid crap. And what they do is that usually they give them, what, oh, 30 days or 90 days in jail, and okay, now you now you got a criminal record along with everybody else on the freaking reservation. I mean, Pine Ridge is the worst run because it's run by pure-blooded Indians. Rosebud is run better because it's run by half-breed, you know, half-breed Indians. Uh, Standing Rock is for half-breed Indians. Uh, it's a little bit better. You know, and it goes all the way up to North Dakota. So, you know, but essentially, you know, if you want to see rural, rough poverty, you know, at its worst, you know, I, I've never been to, quote, Wounded Knee. It's, it's known by the white people as Interior, South Dakota, and that's what it is on the map. The Indians call it Wounded Knee because they got massacred by the Southern Cavalry, oh, you know, way back in 1890. It was part of the uh, medicine dance or whatever, ghost dance, whatever. And uh, the Southern, you know, the Southern Cavalry didn't really like them either here. They are still pissed off being slaughtered what, 14 years earlier? So, <laughs> you know, a little bit over half of them got slaughtered by the damn Indians. Uh, so, essentially, they, you know, they, 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 this time they brought along the Gatling gun. You know, <laughs> just, 
<laughs> but this was back in the days where people really didn't like it. The white men really didn't like Indians here. But, you know, I, I, I can quite imagine, you know, here are these people from back east. They don't understand what's like living in West River, North Dakota, or South Dakota, or anything here. And Corn yeah. Cobb really doesn't understand what it's like living there. He's just a Southern Poverty Law Center plant, and you know, I keep on hearing whining about how he had 11000 then uh, and then old Stanley Diggs says it was actually 50000 in his pocket. How the hell do you get 11000 or 50000 in your pocket? You know what I mean? I don't know. You, you paid you paid eighty six thousand. You paid eighty six thousand for a third of this shithole. Supposedly they, they said in in that documentary though he was working in the oil fields at the time, no, which pays pretty good the, money there. He, was work, he wasn't working in the oil fields. He was that's, working. Well, that's what he said. He that's what he was telling flagger. everybody in the town. He was working as a flagger for. He was getting. He was making twenty dollars about twenty one bucks an hour. I mean, it's just, they pay a good deal of money. Okay. Oh, you see, if he was living in a hole in the ground like he was. <laughs> oh, he did that. He did and not that. really spending what? any money. You know, you could bank up quite a bit of money in that amount of time. What, what did he do? But, what uh, he did? yeah, I don't he, know. He, he, went, he went to Kalispell. He went ahead yeah, in Kalispell, yeah. He went ahead and showed his ass. And there's a, there's another guy who's really hardline, you know, dual seed line Chris Hendy, Carl, Carl Garst. And uh, Carl likes me. It's just he thinks I'm vulgar. So he unfriended me. I don't really mind, but he did not like he did not like either Axis Kanky or Corn Cob. He thought Corn Cob was a Jew. He got tired of Corn Cob's shit. He went ahead and says, "Hey, look, uh, you've been you've been running your mouth here. You've been running your mouth going to show your ass here." And uh, he told about how he was gonna he was gonna beat Corn Cob's ass. Well, then Corn Cob got a you know got a stalking charge and. Pretty well, he says, hey, look, Corn Cobb is bragging about how he, how he went ahead and got this, uh, oh, this woman named Left Cow, Judge Left Cow, who was actually pretty nice to Matt Hale. It was the 7th uh, District or 6th District that sort of screwed him over. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. It was, uh, you know, I mean, Judge Left Cow was actually, she said, hey, this is a bunch of bullshit. He has the right to put his, you know, his you know, stupid Benny class and shit all he wants. And so she was forced to go ahead and rule against him. And then, you know, she was married to a Jew, and this Jew had a Jew mother. And it turned out there's some crazoid, some crazoid Eastern European who she'd sort of screwed over when he had, you know, whacked them all here. But here they're blaming Matt Hale. And, you know, I, I'm not impressed with Matt Hale. I think he's a cork-eyed idiot who essentially – it's all this bullshit by a Jew named Klassen here. And we ought to stuck to making dill pickles or something. But, you know, here's Corn, here's corn Cobb. He has all this freaking money. He finds this place, the only damn place. And if he had just simply, if he just simply kept his mouth shut, if he kept his mouth shut and not talked about changing, changing this here, I mean, hell, I don't like niggers, okay. So? I mean, shoot, most of them don't like niggers. I mean, I probably most of the town think, good Lord, why, why the hell, you know, she could, you know, this fat mud shark couldn't find anybody's fucker, so she, find, she goes to Cleveland, finds her a nigger and fucker, and she brings them back here. I think her mom was too crazy about it, but, oh, shit. Women yeah, but, a bit. 
The thing well, with niggers is, though, you get them all in a room, like I say, you, uh, you know, you tell them you don't like niggers, big deal, they don't care one way or the other, but bring the pet nigger into the room and say that, and then all of a sudden see how all the wiggers change. Oh, yeah, all of a sudden they're all you. Martin Luther fucking King after that, you know? Yeah, oh, I'm terrible. You know, uh, I went, I went, I went, you had this, you had this hybrid nigger named Jack Ryan Ellis, or John Ryan Ellis, a.k.a. Jack Ryan, a.k.a. I call him Wiley Hybrid Nigger. He's over on Cut Hair Walruses, and he's threatening, he's writing this thing about how Ron Paul and Rand Paul are pieces of shit, and they are. You know what I mean? Ron Paul, Ron Paul, he was hanging around with this Jew called Murray Rothbard, and Murray Rothbard says, hey, you need to go ahead and feed this anti-nigger shit to you know, boob bait to the bubble because you want to run for a Congress critter. You want to run for Congress critter. So he goes ahead and has a little Ron Paul newsletter. Essentially, it's real softcore racism against niggers, you know, because he's running in, in Texas here. So then he decides to run for the United States Senate. He, meet, you know, he loses to a piece uh, uh, named Phil Graham, who's married to a Gukas. You know, he was a piece of shit. And essentially, he loses. So for a couple of years, he's no longer there. He runs as a Libertune, you know, after he loses his house seat. You know, for president, and then, okay, you know, great. So essentially, he writes this newsletter. He don't really write the newsletter. or It's written by this Jew who goes ahead and gets down on the niggers. And then he's running for president, later on as Republican. Oh, my God. Did you? I didn't even read that letter that was in my name. Well, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Yeah, I, I kind of do remember that now that you mention it, yeah. So there was that little flap that came out. And then he then he trotted out a couple of his uh, nigger patients from when he was a a doctor, yeah. and they said he was I've the nicest guy wondering. they ever met. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's just so wonderful, <laughs> sort of like old Roosh. You know, this is what they're bitching about, old Roosh, old Roosh. Why Roosh? You know, the douche here. Essentially, he's a Persian. You know, his mother's Armenian. You know, he's a piece. Of, you know, her she lives in Maryland. Old Roosh douche is living. In Maryland, but he's a sex tourist. He's running around. He's written books here about how to get wigger pussy. So then he goes ahead and writes this book called Bang Poland, Bang Iceland, Bang Estonia. I mean, so he's a he's a sex tourist, just like Andre the Nigger Angling. But at least Andre the Nigger, uh, you know, he prefers to have uh, cone-tailed Ethiopian, nig- you know, you know, cone Ethiopian niggers, and essentially twelve or thirteen-year-old Filipinoses. Thailanders, something like he's a sex tourist too. You know what I mean? But yeah. he prefers to have this gook and nigger pussy, whereas old Roosh, he is a sort of Persian whatever. And they're they're talking about oh how awful it is. He's being kicked out of the outright. And old Doctor Greggy Johnson, he went in and wrote Roosh is a douche. Roosh is talking about rape. Would it be better if he was paying for white pussy? Would it be better if he was actually seducing white pussy as opposed to raping it? Talking about raping it, why do you have these? Why do you have these mongrels among you? So like Brian Rio or Frank or Eli James, why do you have these mongrels among you? What what kind of mongrels? I mean, it, it shows that you don't really believe this horse shit you're talking about, and they don't. That's why I sort of. That's why I want Queen Cameron. She's pretty savvy, you know. I mean, she doesn't really understand very much about. Dual seed like Chris Sandani, but she thinks she does, but she doesn't. But hey, 
I want her to go ahead and mention old nigger lips. I want her to go ahead and talk a little bit about here because I have this little mongrel. And as I look at it, I'm going to go ahead and file in the U.S. Sixth Circuit Court, you know, or not, not the, uh, you know, especially in Ohio. You know, and the whole purpose of these lawsuits, the whole purpose of these lawsuits is to make it quite clear is that, hey, there is no justice in the land. I got the money for it, or my church has the money for it, and I could probably, you know, this guy offered me $1,500 just to take his, you know, mention of his webpage down. I says, well, I'll take it down for now, or I'll hide it. Essentially, what I want you to do is I want you to file some, uh, help me file some criminal charges against old Mayweather in prison here. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't disturb me at all here if the little, if the little mongrel went nutsoid and gunned down some pigs in Lake County, or you know, even some little mamsers in the Mentor Elementary School. You know, well, I, you I should, does it. You should be encouraging that, Martin. Like every little bit you can. I'm not really encouraging it. I'm not. It's not so much encouraging us here. What you're doing is that you're just simply removing the obstacles from it. You know what I mean? It's sort of well, like, the sooner like, that you know, little fucker is gone from this world, the better off everybody. Well, you're going to be anyway. Well, yeah, it doesn't but, have know, anything there, to do with me. Other, but. You know, he's the most twisted mongrel I've ever seen, but, you know. You act like there's, you know, the world's going to be wonderful here because now there's not going to be niggers and Jews here, and there's going to be, there's plenty of them here. So like Andre the nigger here. I mean, he's obviously a pointy-head little nigger. What, you know, why, why, you know, who's a sex tourist in this rouge and douche? Why are you going ahead and, you know, acting like he's part of the alt-right here? I usually call the alt-right, I call them a bunch of homos, but what happens is that there, old Hunter Walrus was allowing me Sort of post here, and I went ahead and got in my digs against old uh, Wiley Hibernator because he's bitching about Ron Paul and Rand Paul. And I'm pointing out is that in my time, every every single every single time I've been in libertine politics here, they got to go ahead and have a nigger show they ain't racist here. In fact, uh, you know, libertines, uh, you know, there's Jews in it, but mostly they're just Whiggers who want to show how much they love Jews and Mansers. And then the Reform Party. No, old Pappy Chan's so wonderful. No, that cocksucker denounced me for racism. In 2000, they went ahead and chose a Looney Tune coon in order to get $12.3 million, you know, to give to a sister who was married to some Mormons and essentially throw the election to, you know, you know Jeb Bush. You know, and UST, USTP, I, every single time, every single time I've been in a minor party, be it Libertines, Constipational Party, Reform Party, Republican Party, these people don't really like niggers. The rank of five don't like niggers. But since I always get shit because I make it clear that niggers are worthless. Niggers are dangerous. Why are you hanging around these creatures? They're not going to vote for you. This nigger is here to be a token nigger. Why are you, you know, why are you, why are you, you know, ha- why have them around? If they want to vote Republican, you ain't going to stop them. But why are you, you know, I mean... It's They're not going to anyway, though. They vote 90% for the Democrat every time, so why would you every even single bother? Time. And the and other 9 out of 10 are like the probably the, the slightly more intelligent of the nigger variety, the uh, Uncle Tom type who realize that joining themselves to the white man can only benefit them and not hurt them. You know, 
then they're going to join with the with the white Republicans Granby, every time. It doesn't Granby even matter got, what you say. You call them a nigger, they'll still do it. Granby got Granby got. What difference I is it make? I can tell. I can tell. He's a what, sixty, seventy year old nigger. He's one of these uh, in Granby. Granby got a Uncle Tom racist nigger. And essentially, the Klan, the Klan, you know, didn't really want to be. You know, get a bunch of shit about lynching niggers. So what they would do is they would get the older, wiser, smarter niggers. You know, your Uncle Tom, your Uncle Rastus say, look, Uncle Tom, Uncle Rastus, you need to control your bucks. You need to control, you need to control, you know, rather than us have to do it. Because usually if we have to get involved, it's not just going to be one nigger, it's going to be swinging from the tree. Might be you too if you don't control your niggers. So Grammy has an Uncle Tom, Uncle Rastus nigger. You know what I mean? And you get to where you can tell him here. I mean, essentially, he wants, you know, he knows damn well that niggers are worthless, you know, and essentially he's been born a nigger and there ain't no changing it. And, you know, he knows he's not going to convince me to view him as anything other than a nigger, but, hey, he's Uncle Tom Rastus nigger, and you're not mean to your Uncle Tom Rastus niggers because, you know, you know they're, they can be useful. You know what I mean? Yeah, so exactly. You, you will have, you will have, and that's how the Klan used to really run things here. I mean, if it got bad, why, you know, you'll end up having a Rosedale, Florida, and then the liberals will be lying about, oh, the Chinese liberals was wiped out in a single night. Yeah, it was. I mean, essentially, their, their Uncle Tom Rastus niggers didn't run things here. They're bitching about, what the hell was this nigger's name? Uh, he went down to Mississippi, went down to Money, Mississippi, and essentially said something bad to a white woman and their husband and his friend. Went ahead and beat the fuck out of the nigger, and then you know tied him to you know tied a uh, tied a uh, cotton gin fan to his neck and drowned him in the you know drowned him one of them here little muddy you know out of here been to Mississippi, but you'll have a whole bunch of the you know, they're not like Ozark streams which have a lot of rocks in them, they're just simply slow running, slow running drainage. Dishes, so to speak. Sort of, yeah. That's what they are. I mean, essentially, they're they they just meander and essentially, you know, boggy, muddy river. You know, names like Buck, boggy, muddy river. That's exactly what they are—just boggy, muddy. You know, I don't know about river, but you know, but in any case, it weighs a bunch in Alabama, and Mississippi, and that's what they are. They're just mud drainage dishes here. So you, you'll have. You'll, you'll have a bunch of them. They don't throw them one of those rivers. Emmett Till, Emmett Till. Essentially, his, 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 his uncle was an Uncle Tom nigger. Oh, my God, we got to get you out of here. We got to get you out of here. What would you do? What would you, what'd you say to that white woman? Oh, yeah. Oh, I said, hey, you want a date, baby? Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, he said, hey, hey, bye, baby, or something like that was what he yeah, said to her. Yeah, hey, baby, you want a date, baby, yeah. or something like that. And, oh, my God, his uncle was an Uncle Rastus nigger. God, we gotta get the hell you out. We gotta get you out of Mississippi as soon as possible. But yeah, I don't have a car. Oh, what are we gonna do? You know what I mean? And what happens is that you know, two classes and went to Rastus nigger, and you know, essentially made him turn him over, and that was the end of old nigger Emma Till. You know what I mean? Well, he, I think, figure. he didn't know how to behave. Yep, I think that story is a good illustration of uh, of what happens when you turn your niggers loose right there. Well, you know, you can have them. Loose. You can have them. Uh, well, I mean, it's best to not have any. Period. None at all. Zero. 
But if you have them, you have to keep your thumb on them. You have to keep your boot on their neck because the moment you don't, I mean, they're going to turn into a nigger on you. A nigger well, is a nigger. Well, they're going to turn into a bad nigger. I mean, you know, nigger. niggers, niggers are like Jews. They have two attitudes toward the white man. The biggest one is fear. The other is hate. And if you do away with the fear, you're going to have to deal with the hate of a nigger or a Jew. I mean, yeah. you're at your feet or your throat. And, you know, Harold Trump said the same thing here. It's not, the, it's not the severity of punishment that makes a nigger behave. It's the certainty of the punishment. You know, hey, nigger, you do something, <laughs> you're going to pay for it. You know, the white man's going to make you pay for it, nigger. So you be yeah. a good nigger. You be a good nigger if you want to live. And, yeah, hey, uh, you know, the city, you want to have no doubt about it, you know. But, you know, it did, it did work here. So you get to where, you know, Grammy has, you know, I see it at the Ramey supermarket. I see the Rastus nigger. He, you know, I mean, and you're not mean. You're not mean. You're, there's no point in being mean to Rastus niggers. I mean, he, you know, he knows, he knows what the white, you know, I mean, you know, he knows, he knows what I'm like. You know, I mean, he doesn't have anything to say to me. I don't have anything to say to him. You know what I mean? The way I look at it is if you're not going to pull out a gun and shoot them, then don't do anything at all. Walk past them. Hey, even well, say, have a nice day. What do I, you know, what, what does it really matter? If you're not really, going all the way, then there's no sense in, in, in winding them up, getting them all yeah. violent, so he either beats you up or goes and beats somebody else up around the corner, which is even worse, you know. Well, nah, leave the, him alone. Ra- the racist nigger knows who I am, and, you know, I look at him, I know it's a racist nigger, so... Well, no big deal. But in any case, uh, you know, so Grabby, Grabby has a racist nigger here. Now, you'll end up having younger niggers, and they think you can get away with anything. But, you know, I mean, all the niggers know. All the niggers and beaners know about me. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it's not like, it's not like, and <laughs> this in Chicago, I think he's a Jew boy here. He's whining like a pussy here because I read the paper. He said the good. One good thing about the best thing about Grammy is such a shithole that even that even blacks and Hispanics still want movie. I said, well, that was exactly what I said. It got it got changed a little bit, but yeah, that's pretty well on the ground. And that that is, you know, people. I try to explain to people. What Granby's like here, and the thing about Granby is that hey, it ain't smart people living Granby. It ain't. It certainly ain't rich people. It ain't gifted people. It ain't anything living Granby. It's just simply tough people who essentially don't have any place else to go. Yeah, you know what I mean stuck that there. is what that is what they're stuck there. So. Yeah. You know, in any case, what I try to tell them is that what you want to do is that you want to, you know, you want to honor property rights. I mean, I bought a bunch of hovels because guess what? I, I moved in with a whole bunch of old people who were in their 70s and 80s, and they died. And their their children and grandchildren certainly didn't want to live in the 1930s shack that Papa and Mima found just quite adequate. They didn't want to move there. You know, how much? You know, I mean, I'd buy their property for what? Oh, two or three thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. So essentially, yeah. it's a shithole. It is a shithole. Some of them are literally falling in. Okay. Well, alrighty. You know, I. You know, I mean, I. You know, I. 
I mean, I don't really mind living in Granby. You know what I mean? And heck, well, most you could be people, living in some nigger-infested hole, uh, you know, in yeah, back in the east, I mean, which you know, I mean, can't east, be worse I mean, than that. Yeah, I would say it's worse than that here. I mean, the good thing about Granby is that yes, it's such a shithole that niggers and beaters don't want to move here. I mean, it's sort of like all these here Muslims here. You don't see them stopping by in Croatia or Slovenia, do you? No. They're heading to Germany and Sweden and England. You know, I mean, heck, uh, if they hang around, why something might happen to them too here, and nobody would be missing them too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, essentially, these people in Eastern Europe, why, these are not rich people. These are not, you know, people who really have any use for these people. In fact, these are, you know, I mean, they used to bitch in England that here come a bunch of Polacks, here come a bunch of, here come a bunch of Eastern Europeans, you know, Slovakians, oh, yeah. you know. We we used to say that in Canada in the seventies, but holy shit, we, if we got a, a shipload of uh, like uh, Slavs or Czechs or something in the country, we'd be thinking we were like blessed or something. Now, it's all totally well, yeah. changed because well, we, we don't even. Like, you can't even get a visa into this country if you're a white person anymore. That's all we take is packies, chinks, niggers, patients. There's no white immigrants. I haven't met a white immigrant in this country in, in, I don't know, how long has it been? 20, 25 years? Go ahead, Texas. Oh, sorry. I didn't didn't know that I was still. Oh, no, I, I, I thought you were with us and you wanted to say something there. Yeah, it, well, I was actually going to ask uh, ask you all if if we can hear uh, one of Pastor's uh, lovely songs here tonight. I, w- I would we love to hear. Could, we could. I could. I could take a break here. I could take a break. Uh, Sunday, or sorry, Thursday. I could. You know, the internet was gone for about 12 hours. Some idiots went ahead and cut the main line or something here. So as a result, I had to record it on MP3, and I re-engineered. It sounds better. It's only about an hour and 40 some minutes, though. But yeah, we could have a. We can go ahead and have a little bit of quote singing. So let's just go ahead and take about four or five minute break, and I'll choose something. Do you have anything you want particularly here? Uh, no, sir. Whatever, whatever you uh, prefer, I, I love it. Okay. All right, folks. We're going to take a short break, and we will be. Hey, Martin. We will be back. Yeah. Play one of the. Uh, play one of the George Takai clips when you come back too. I don't oh, know if okay. Chris has ever heard that one or not. <laughs> uh, it was actually <laughs> Ken. It was actually Well, Kennewick man here. Uh, he's uh, not really a mamser. He's a mamserizer here. He likes that you pussy. So anyway, we'll we'll go ahead and take a break, and we'll be back. Hail victory. George Takei, and I don't always drink urine, but when I do, I prefer those linen steps. <laughs> 
after the incident, the movement turned. <coughs> yeah. You fuck with Jews, a kike with a plan to burst your bubble. That's what you'll get for all your trouble. I'll never fuck with Jews. What do you get when you kill a kike? You do the entire world a great big favor. Don't matter worth a shit. F2 Kai Quaver, I'll never fuck with Jews again. Don't tell me what it's all about, cause I've been there and I know Kike's snout out of those chains. But mind you, that is why I'm here to remind you What do you get when you fuck with Jews? You only get lies and pain and sorrow So for at least until tomorrow I'll never fuck with Jews Out of those chains that mind you, that is why I'm here to remind you when you fuck with Jews, you only get lies and pain and sorrow. So, for at least until tomorrow, I'll Never fuck with Jews again. No, no, I'll never fuck with Jews again. Oy vey, I'll never fuck with Jews.
Okay. Do I have that thing one? Yeah. Uh, I'm putting up. I'm putting up Brian Reel's latest bullshit, and I'm going to have to answer either tomorrow or Saturday. Uh, what he did is he took some Nimbuster shit up, and he pretty well put it on me. He's committed perjury. Now, does this critter? You know, I mean, he's just like a nigger. He believes he can get away with it, and I think that he can, or he's working on doing so. But on the other hand, I I, I go and I'm looking at, you know, you, you go ahead. I don't know if you looked at the so-called debate where here's old Hillary and old Bernie, and they're talking delusional shit that somehow they are going to force. Oh, by the way, by the way, someone went ahead and asked. Well, someone went ahead and asked, you know, Hillary. It says, hey, way back when old W was nominating, when old W was nominating why uh, Alito and John Roberts, you, Hillary, wanted to be, you know, took part in the filibuster against that. Now, how is that not hypocritical where you are bitching that the Senate Republicans are going to filibuster Obongos, uh, essentially uh, Supreme Court nigger, whatever they brings up here. He's already bought in what a wise Latino, you know, wise Latrina. You know, he already bought on a you know frog faced Kikus, you know, to replace Brennan and the rest, you know, uh, the rest of the uh, critters. Why, you know, I mean, you know, look, Hillary, uh, you went ahead and filibustered. Old Gumbio's judicial nominations. Now, why are you bitching about the Republicans doing the same? Well, oh, 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 as I say, both sides of that, because she's a, she's a Democratic liberal cunt here. Why she gets to do whatever the hell she wants to? It's not hypocrisy when she does it. She got some bunch of people asking, how can you talk about making Wall Street pay when you're getting, what, $250,000 for 20 minutes running your mouth? I mean, how is Goldman Sachs going to dislike? I mean, they're giving you this money. Oh, are you, Hillary, are you going to release transcripts of what you said to Goldman Sachs? No, she's not. She doesn't yeah, she have said she's going to sell you down the river. That's what she said. She's sell down the river. I'll, I'll give you whatever you want. I'll sell my own mother to you. I don't know if you, you know, in Canada you listen to the so-called debate uh, where essentially Donald Trump was getting down on jab. I mean, it was a, it was a freaking brawl here. Uh, with, you know, called you know Ted Cruz a liar. He was a liar. He's a, lying, he's a lying Canadian citizen here. He doesn't have a consular. Uh, he's not an American citizen. His, his parents were Cuban, migrated. Oh, he migrated in order to get away from Castro. In 1957, you migrated from Cuba to Canada to get away from Castro? <laughs> yeah, that kind of puts a lie to that story, doesn't little it? Little Ricky, you know, the little faggot pool boy. Little Ricky, the faggot pool boy. I mean, essentially, his parents moved in 1958 to essentially wash dishes and lost wages or wherever the hell he moved to. But anyway, Ted Cruz, he was born, he was born in Canada. And his parents were Canadian citizens, not American citizens. So yeah, apparently they were registered to vote here. And you can't be registered to vote unless you're Canadian citizens, right? Well, they were naturalized Canadian citizens. I mean, you know, here's you know, – no, they are already letting in, you know, Cubans. Yeah. Essentially, uh, you know, Ted Cruz's you – know, I mean, 
Wibble Bongo, I mean, the big story is that his daddy is an old, you know, is a Kenyan goat humper or herder or whatever who went ahead and got some Kansas caucus pussy. All right. Let's say you want to go ahead and say that here, but essentially the truth of the matter is, is his father was a communist nigger named Frank Davis who took pictures of the Kikis pussy, some smutty naked pictures of the Kikis pussy. And essentially, Obongo is actually really an American nigger citizen here, a nigger yid, a nigger Muslim. I mean, essentially, he's raised, he's raised because this Kikis uh, cunt went from what, Kenya to Indonesia, and his real name is Barry Sotoro or something like that. And essentially, he's, uh, well, he was raised in moderacy, so I, I think he's a good Muslim. There is no such thing as good Muslims. Which reminds me is that here is, here is Jeb, Jeb, who's essentially uh, this dothead, this dothead from governess from South, Cal- you know, South Carolina who wants to replace the sons of Confederate veterans with Bangladeshi Pakis here, you know. And anyway, she went ahead and gave her endorsement to the pool boy, old Jeb is whining. I mean, he's had a bad time. You know, old uh, George shows up, and George, you know, uh, George reminds people about why everybody doesn't want Jeb. You yeah, know what I mean? exactly. His name is actually Jeb Ellis Bush Bush. So essentially he's uh, twice a Bush. You know what I mean? Bush Bush. You don't have, well, have to be an idiot to drag that stupid fucking jerk off there, uh, your brother George out there onto the campaign yeah, trail with you because everybody hates what? his guts. You know, lower approval rating than the nigger. Five thousand well, left now, office. In many cases, he was worse than the fucking nigger. <clears throat> the, all the nigger, what the niggers tried to do is he just tried to suck off Wall Street and sort of keep things running. You know, and what he's been doing is been printing money. But there's, what, eight to ten times as much money as during the meltdown. And, folks, uh, this meltdown, I think, is going to occur just like it did in 2008. I think it's going to be, what, eight times the meltdown, and there's not going to be any saving it. Someone pointing out is that, guess what? Guess what? All these insurance companies, which rely on annuity, essentially got to buy, you know, every year they got to buy, you know, about 20 years, they've got to pay out something here for the people invest in them. So guess what? Guess what? You've had eight years of essentially 0% or a fraction of 1% return, unless you get into where you're doing something stupid, in which case you will, you know, your 401 becomes a 301, becomes a 201, becomes a 101, becomes a 901. That's what happened in 2008, 2009. Now it's gotten up, but it's about to go down. And over the past, over the past, what, eight years, they've had to replace the 20 years with eight years of that. And folks, it's not going to get replenished all of a sudden. No. So I think I think that just like in 2008, there was a big blowout to where they had to well, essentially put the American, you know, Uyghur population, because they didn't put the niggers, they didn't put the Mexican, you know, lettuce pickers, you know, into debt. They went ahead and put white people into debt. All they did was just simply print or put a function key into a whole bunch of money. But anyway, here's Jeb. He's talking about our troops here. Uh, folks, you know, there, there's a man too, boys, called Sultan Kanish, and he makes the same point that I do, is that you end up having Hillary talking about bringing good Muslim terrorists into this country. By the way, they're, they're making a big stink. Here's the FBI. 
here are these two wagheads. They gunned down, you know, they gunned down 14 combination, you know, between niggers and beaners and wiggers, one, two, you know, at this retard center in San Bernardino. And the FBI wants Apple to be able to hack into a cell phone to prove what? Especially if you allow the government to hack into somebody's cell phone and create a back door, well, that means the Chinese and Russians are going to be following soon, criminal elements going to be following soon, to be able to read it. And essentially Apple, which I think is a piece of shit, you know, run by a faggot, run by a, you know, founded by a, well, essentially a waghead. Uh, you know, I, I don't you know, have a high opinion of Apple you, douche products, but, you know, the Apple douche people are correct here because if you're going to open up a back door and let the government have it, how long is the government going to have the back door? Essentially, all your stuff's going to be hackable. You know what I mean? You see, that's the, thing, that's the thing that Mike Rivero talks about all the time where he's, where he's saying, you know, <clears throat> they can listen to you, uh, your sex chats you have with your uh, wife over the Internet anytime, and yet they can't find these hackers, you know, who are hacking into this and hacking into that. Well, the reason why they can't find them is because they don't want to find them. Now, say I've, I've found a back door into something, right, and I go in there and I hack it. I get arrested. I get brought into court, and I bring in one of the Apple people as a witness, right, and I say, did you people know that back door was there? Well, yeah, we put the back door in there so that the U.S. government could get there. Well, if you if you open your door and just leave it open, you can't convict me of break and enter then, can you? Unlawful well, trespass, tell maybe. Tell me something they bring in. The, the, answer, the answer is is if you're going to allow, if you're going to allow the government to have a back door, and they probably have a back you, door. Then you're allowing everybody to have a back door. Well, yeah, you're going to end up having, you know, well, the Russians are going to have a back door, or the Chinese are going to have a back door. Yeah, we were talking about, what, about five, six years ago, a Zog drone is flying, sneaking around, oh, the Afghanistan-Iranian border, and the Iranians bring that drone in and they land it intact. What well, means that the Iranians managed to somehow hack into the drone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, in the case of Hillary, you know, again, down to Hillary here, it's the same thing with old Jeb here. That, you know, the Republicans and the Democrats are whining that Trump and Bernie Sanders, really, you know, really, in many ways, Bernie Sanders, the commie Jew boy, and Trump, I mean, essentially have many of the same policies of essentially bringing bringing back the jobs to, you know, back home to Zogland, and let's not have any wars with Russia or China or Iran. I mean, you know, the crude thing to say is if you can't whoop 10,000 goat herders who are not even part of a government because you overthrown whatever little government they had, not that they ever had much of a government. You know, once they shot, once they went ahead and hung Saddam Hussein or made him run off here, you know, the Iraqis didn't have much of a government, now did they? You know? No, they still don't have one today. You know, well, in Afghanistan, they don't have, you know, you know they call, they used to call Haman Karzai, they used to call him the, the mayor of Kabul during the day. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, Afghanistan like, hasn't had a government since 1973. And no. Iraq only had a government when Saddam Hussein was in there. And here you, here you are, 
And, you know, the, the delusion, the delusion, what happened with old Hillary? She's running guns to, quote, good Muslim terrorists. And you have, you end up having Jeb whine like a pussy. Oh, Putin here, he's going against the rebels. He's going ahead and bombing our good Muslim terrorists. Well, about, what, three, four months ago, they admitted that they paid $500 million, half a billion, and all they had left of what they paid was for good terrorists. And that's what happened at Benghazi. They gave guns and missiles and weapons to, quote, good terrorists who were going to overthrow, you know, uh, Gaddafi. And then now Gaddafi's being sodomized by a bayonet. No more Gaddafi. We came, we saw, we killed his ass. Okay. Now what? Well, guess what? They're, quote, good terrorists. They don't want to give them guns back. They don't want to give them muscles back. And essentially Hillary believes they're going to give them muscles, you know. And they, they blame it on a video. It's not a video. It's essentially the good terrorists who remember is that they're Muslim terrorists here. They don't want to give they don't want to give them guns back. They don't want to give them missiles back. So what they do is they they decide they're going to go ahead and kill the, the faggot ambassador and his little butt buddies, and then the two Delta forces things. And here's the you know here's the Marines over on the carrier, and they want to mount a cavalry expeditionary force. And old Hillary realizes. Well, sort of like Vince Foster here. Dead faggots tell no tales, right? Yes. <laughs> so, guess what? Yeah. So, you know, so here it is, and it's the same way with Jeb and the rest of they, 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 these stupid, These stupid idiots believe that there's such a thing as good Muslim terrorists and bad ISIS terrorists. And they don't realize that, hey, a good, a good Muslim terrorist who you gave a whole bunch of guns to today, well, hey... You know, after he said what he wanted to do with it, why he can go ahead and give it to his buddy or his brother or his, you know, his goat humping hump mate. You know, the bad Muslim terrorists. Well, I mean, that's why that's why you have all these, you know, all these guns that ISIS has and the rest here. They're all Zog made weapons. They're all Zog made Humvees and missiles and you know, you know, you know, M4s and whatever. They're all they're all Zog weapons. They're not Russian weapons. Um, you know, so you know here here is you know here is uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, as far as he's concerned, the only good Muslim terrorist is a dead Muslim terrorist. So he's going to go ahead and fight Zog's Muslim terrorists because they're the ones who's caused most trouble for ISIS. And now they're white. He ain't even going after the ISIS. He ain't going even after the ISIS. You know, you know bad Muslim terrorists. What I've always said about the Middle East is that the United States of America and that shitty little Israel over there in the Middle East, they need a Middle Eastern boogeyman there. There always has to be one. There has to be a Nasser or a Hussein, somebody like that who can rattle his saber now and again and get everybody just scared enough that they got to buy a whole bunch of guns and bombs and fleets of F-16s and all that shit from Uncle Sam. And that's what it's all about. They they haven't had a good boogeyman there. Because Saddam Hussein, he quit after 1991. He said, you know, I don't want the job anymore. Fuck you. Uh, Muammar Gaddafi, they tried to give him the job a couple of times, and he never took it. So they were sitting there without a boogeyman for the longest and longest and longest time. So now what are they trying to do? They're trying to get rid of anybody who's any good, anybody who can keep any kind of control in their country, so that some... Wacko, uh, crazy throat slitter can get the uh, can get the boogeyman job again somewhere. 
And then yeah, once they do, more. it'll all be over. They, you know, they can go back well, to... Well, no, it's not going to be over. I mean, shit, these creatures live over there. I mean, you know, I, I, tried to, I tried to explain is that, hey, yeah, I tried to explain is that if you really want, you could, you know, here's central Illinois, you get plenty of water. You get water. water. If you're worried about CO2, you could have right next to the turn coal to gasoline, diesel, you know, uh, Fisher Tropics product. You could have some algae biodiesel farms, and you could squinch down the diesel, which sucks up the carbon dioxide, and turn it into diesel too. You know, play, you know, Wyoming, Wyoming isn't that good because it does have lots of good coal, but it doesn't have a lot of water. You know what I mean? It's not about doing anything the easy or doing anything the better way or anything else. It's about when your country is being run by Jews, it's about fucking everybody out of their money the absolute easiest way they can possibly do it. And if that means having some ridiculous carbon tax or this or that or the other thing where they just take it from you, give you nothing for it, then that's what they're going to do. That's exactly what they're so going to do. With Jews, it's always, it's always, you know, they always have some some scam running, of course, to uh, to subvert your country, to destroy it. But it, there's always a, a second side of it that's just, it's all about money. How can we make money about this? I mean, that's what the Jew is. He's about making money because money's power. Well, it's not only that. They're the spawn of Satan, and they are out to destroy the Adamic Oh, the Adamic Israelite race here. That's why. That's why I go ahead and I listen to Kevin McDonald. He's so smart, and you know he'll end up having a little, little meerkat like having the meerkat and Wiggerswill and you know all this professional white nationalist stuff here. Now you have a bunch of alt right, and what's been bitching about the last week or so is that oh, all of a sudden here is this Pakistani Armenian. And he wrote some books about raping white women in Europe and Poland and Iceland and all that. Oh no, he's a bad character. And then oh my, you know, then Andre the Nigger jumps ship, and they're accepting Andre the Nigger. Oh, Greg, you know, Greg Johnson is. And why are you bringing in mongrels? Why do you need to bring in mongrels? And I'm trying to make the point that if you're a white nationalist intellectual. You don't. All you talk about is the destruction of Zog. You do, like Lothrop Stoddard said, you do destructive criticism. Zog cannot do anything right. Zog is always wrong. Zog is out to fuck you up. Zog is evil. That's exactly well, I mean, what that you is, do. That is true, Martin. When you when you look at at the Jews, I mean, they've never created anything. They've never done anything. I'm talking Khazar Jews from the Middle East, of course. Well, the Sephardi Jews, they, they, have been, they have been evil, too. Yeah, I mean, they're they the have. Spawn, they're, the spawn, I mean, they're the spawn of Satan. That's, the, that's what they are. It's the Khazar, though, that, that is really the, uh, the driving force behind everything. And when you, you know, I remember seeing a story, oh, it was about four or five years ago, about how they found the, uh, the capital city of the Khazar kingdom in Russia. They found it in, like, 1975 or something like that. Kept it a big secret, of course, you know, which is what they do there. But uh, anyway, <laughs> they've been digging there, excavating in this Khazar kingdom uh, capital city for, like, years and years and years. 
And the only thing they've ever found there is like dung heaps and garbage garbage piles. That's like in a in a thousand years that they lived there and had this capital city in this place. Like that's all they managed to create. This shitty little Khazar Jew uh, race of synagogue of Satan devils, you know. And like when you you think, okay, like I'm going to put these Jews in charge of my country, and then oh yeah, you know they'll they'll make it great, and they got lots of money, and we'll build all kinds of things and everything. No, you're going to wind up with a Khazar kingdom. That's what they're going to build in your country: a bunch of fucking tents uh, and dung heaps and garbage piles. That's all you're going to have in your country. They're going to take your country and absolutely turn it into theirs, which is what Jews always do. They do well, that's nothing. What, that's what they do. What I'm saying is that, you know, I mean, I'm looking at old Bernie. Old Bernie is on the notion is that white people, you know, he, he's going to go ahead and restore the middle class by doing what? Well, going ahead and causing Wall Street to pay 96% of their taxes. Well, folks, you know, Wall Street is essentially a Jew-run operation. It's, there, there's no actual, you know, wealth there. It's just simply a bunch of, you know, well, zeros that they went ahead and created electronically. There's nothing there. There's nothing underlying it. I mean, can a nigger can a nigger eat a bunch of ones and zeros on a spreadsheet somewhere? Well, no. No. I mean, you know, it was funny, Mark. Like ten, twelve years ago, I was trying to get white nationalists, you know, the our supposed leaders of the time to talk about banking and that sort of thing. Because I mean, you know, that is what the Jews do. They bank us to death, business us to death, screw us to death in every way. But essentially it's the money. That's where they're, that's where their power and everything lies. And you know, the funny thing is you could never get those guys interested in that. They like didn't care for some reason. And I could never understand that. Why, you know, why the, the whole crux of the matter their whole power over us, and they, you know, nobody, nobody really cared. They didn't want to talk about it. One of the, you know, just sing the praises of long dead fifty years ago, Adolf Hitler. You know, yeah, to a white man. Well, Mm -hmm. in the case of the duck, in the case of the duck, all he was interested was money for gambling and pussy. That's all he was interested in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you'll end up having a bunch of these conspiracies. Conspiracy theories, but really, someone like me, the only stock market I ever have any interest in is going up to the sale ring and buying a, you know, buying a, you know, buying a feeder calf to, you know, to eat, you know, grass here. And then once he gets old, uh, you know, gets a year old or something like that, you know, knock him in the head and eat them. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I mean, essentially, to me, it's not wealth unless there's something tense. You know, tangible. Tangible. I mean, you know, to, you know, there's something real to it, because uh, you know, I mean, you realize is that hey, if it's just simply nothing but paper, it can be stolen any time. One of these critters wants to steal it, right? Yeah. And so you realize is that you're not their buddy. It's just a matter of time before they will go ahead and screw you out here. I remember. My brother, he got, oh, my grandfather, he put some stocks, and I was his oldest grandson, and his favorite, named after him. He went ahead and put it in blue chip, 
you know, stocks like probably American Buggy Whip or something like that. My brother got the more risky stocks. So after what? Oh, 30 years after he's dead, or 20, you know, 20, you know, 30 years after he's dead, some people find out there's a, hey, here's some money. And they, you know, I mean, essentially they tell my brother where it is for 10%. And they go ahead. I get 400 He gets 4000 So guess what? Here's the Internet age. And thankfully, it's invested in these what was risky stocks back then. But, you know, you know his, you know, my portfolio, you know, it, it mounts to what? Oh, the interest mounts to in there $400. So I collect from the state of South Dakota. Essentially, it's never gone anywhere. You know what I mean? About three, four hundred dollars. That's all spent yeah. for years. His, my brother's here. It goes up from four thousand to eight thousand to sixteen thousand. And here it is, two thousand one. And there, you know, the the European market is about through Microsoft. That says, hey, you better go ahead and just simply cash in half of it at least, because I so this is a stock market, which is at its very top. You need to sell. Did he do he it? Didn't sell it? No, he didn't. Oh, he didn't. boy. So I said, busted down to about, you know, 8000 within about a month or so after I advised him to sell it. And I said, I told you so. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But essentially, what happens is that recently, I mean, <clears throat> I have enough to get by on. And in the case of Brian Rio, in the case of Brian Rio, what I'm doing is that here he is. He's committing perjury, and so is his buddy Fink. And I sort of stick Queenie Cameron on him. You know, I mean, it's best not to get really allied with anybody, but what you do is if they're going the same way, you notify them, okay? You notify sure, them yeah. what's going on. So, yes, there. Okay, somebody has to pee. Uh, we'll shoot us one thirty. Uh, let's just go ahead and have about four or five minute break, and we will be. But you know, any case, I I'm doing this because I don't want to lose by default. I don't want any. I mean, especially what happens is he keep. You know, I mean, here here's Brian Rail. He's filing the same old stupid motions again and again and again and again. He's delusional. Think he's going to win. And he's not. Every single time he goes ahead and says something, it's just something more to put up on the Internet. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not, you know, so what What happens is that, you know, I, I could actually make money from all these people. I mean, this guy just offered me $1,500 right out of the blue to take down his weapons. I don't know if that's right because I don't really want to be – you know, looked upon as essentially taking advantage of even nigger lips taking advantage of you. But, I mean, you know, here's this so-called lawyer, this great white nationalist lawyer, you know, that old Matt Parrott and, uh, oh, a bunch of these libertines, and I think he's a faggot. I mean, he's wearing a little hat, sort of like old Brian Reed. I'm going to call him Brokeback Bristow. And essentially... I go ahead and say, hey, I could really use help against this mongrel. He says, well, I can't help you. Brian Real is my law clerk. Nigger Lips is your law clerk? I mean, essentially, you are, 
You are supporting this character who's taking that web pages. You're supporting this character who is, you know, I mean, are you a part of this? Well, maybe you are. Maybe you ought to be exposed, or like Paul Fromm. You know what I mean? These people need well, to be exposed. I'd say he's got to be a part of it. I mean, you know. How can you not be a part of it? Here or at least walk he's, he's got to know what this cocksucker's doing as his law oh, clerk. I went, ahead, I, went ahead sent, I went ahead and sent links to my webpage. I sent a link to uh, this 8th Circuit, U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals brief. So he's looking at it, and essentially here's old nigger lips. He has nothing to say. He can't, you know, I mean, you know, which is smart because he says something. He'll just dig himself him and think in deeper. So does this Kyle Bristol know that this character is running around going after white businessmen, you know, small businessmen, terrorizing them, taking down their web, you know, I mean, essentially, you know, trying to shake them down across state lines? Does this Lake County... Ohio court know about it. I think it does. I think I think we got nothing but crooked, you know, crookedness and corruption. And in order to essentially play, you've got to go ahead and pay. You know what I mean? You know, because the yeah. American court system has never been anything other than money and power and essentially doing whatever the hell they want to do. And essentially, you've got to make it to where all you're buying for yourself and your family is death. Anyway, I got See, Martin, that's, why I, that's why I like the life I lead. I don't have any ID. I don't vote. There, I don't file taxes. There's basically no record of my existence anywhere. If that cocksucker Rio wanted to try to find me to file some court motion against me, he wouldn't even know where I was. I don't even think the government knows where I well, am. Well, he doesn't Nobody know. Does. He doesn't know. He doesn't know where the Nimbusters live here. I think he knows Nimbusters are writing this stuff up. And he was he was pissing and moaning and scared, you know, when he took down my talk shoe page and when he took down the Nimbusters, he was well, my gather, I heard he was staying in Daddy's basement with a Kevlar vest here, scared shitless that well I was telling him that hey, one of these days he's gonna find he's gonna be found with his little with his little mongrel uh you know, mangina poking uh Dick and testicles in his little mouth here, but he won't be. He, he'll be without a pelt. You know what I mean? Somewhere there's going to be a little, re, you know, a little shit skin real pelt here, laying, you know, laying in somebody's basement here. Ha 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 ha. You know well, I mean? we can and only hope. We can only hope here. In any case, I need to take a break here. Uh, and uh, if you want to hang on, you can. If you you want to go ahead and call it a night, you can too. Right. Yeah, I think actually I do. I got to hit the road. Hey, one more thing I want to ask you before you go, though, Martin. Sure. Did you happen to hear about that uh, latest uh, Donald Trump death wish there about how he's going to find out the who did uh, 9/11 and tell everybody if you elect him as president? Well, he must <laughs> really want to die that. or something, you know. I have No, I don't know about that. That's what he said. He what, said what, that what, at, what, a, what, at a Oh, did he? He said that at a campaign stop just recently. I mean, you know, that's why they killed foolish. Robert Kennedy because they I think it's foolish. Because I think it's foolish. Because hey, the people who do know know the Jews did. That is, you know, Muslim may have been used as a cat's paw, but essentially Jews did it. Zog did. Yeah. It. You know what I mean? Same way with Oklahoma City. Zog did it. But you see, that's you why know, they I killed Bobby Kennedy, though, because they couldn't have him finding out who killed his brother and telling everybody. You know, so they shot the guy right in that hotel in California. 
I mean, yeah, they are not well, going to let Donald Trump do that. Well, no okay, fucking well, way. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. You, you understand is that Donald Trump isn't a savior of Zog. What he is, he's a wrecking ball for the Republican Party. He's a wrecking ball. And you, you treat him. You treat him not as a builder. You treat him as a very efficient pounder and destroyer of what little remains here. Look, I thought that 2000, after 2014, I thought that the Republicans would have one more election where they could betray their white base. And so they do whatever the hell they want to do, and that would be the end. But you know, here you see on the Democrat side, you see a commie Jew, and you see an evil old skank, and they're both screaming about how white people's going to pay and give the, you know everything to the niggers and beaners and the rest here. They're delusional. And then you then you go ahead and see where someone like Trump got what oh thirty to forty percent of the vote, and all that is left here is old Ted here. He's a piece of shit, but he's the smartest piece of shit, the smartest lying politician weasel. You know, for a few of the little evangelical winger cucks, and then you have the dirty, nasty little pool boy who wants to essentially sell everything out you know, for the establishment Republicans. Yeah. Essentially, you have, you have, in many cases, I would say that 2016 will be, in many ways, just like the transformative election of 1860, where you had no less than four. You had, you know, you had two, you had Northern Democrats, you had Southern Democrats, you had Republicans, and you had Unionists. Essentially, dishonest state Lincoln won with 37% of the vote. He didn't get a single fucking vote, a single fucking vote south of the Mason-Dixon line. What happened, yeah. what happened then? What happened then is that a social nation tore itself apart. Well, that wouldn't and, be bad news. <clears throat> and that's what's going, that is indeed what's going to happen here. You know, what happens is that Trump is a wrecking ball. And treat him like a wrecking ball. Don't treat him like a savior because he's not a savior. Even if he managed to go ahead and build a great wall, you still end up having what? 100 million real figures and 200 million muds. How long is Zog Babylon going to last here with the racial composition that you have now? Yeah. Damage has already been done, I guess is what you're saying, which is true. Some things you can't undo. Okay, it looks like Martin's gone on break. Or we lost him. Anyway, you've been listening to WMZR, the Mamzer. Martin Lindstedt and the Dick Dick Show. All right, I imagine our host will be back after the short break to take care of Roxy. I'm going to hit the road myself. actually have to go to work tomorrow. Major drag. Of course, nobody loves to do that. But you got to do what you got to do to pay the bills, I suppose. Anyway, good night, gentlemen, and good night to our host, Dick Reltney, wherever you may be.
Okay. Okay, it's blowing. Uh have Jet Rink on the other Skype line here. If he wants to if he wants to call in. Oh, Dick Dick Show. All righty, well, we will see. We will see. Uh, I'm I'm halfway listening to oh this Thursday night. Uh, you have a bunch of these critters. Uh, yeah, Rachel Maddow, she's there viewing Joe Biden, and Joe had his chance to uh, become president. He still might. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, Morty is losing the best chance. Yes, here. Well, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Uh, well, I'm. Oh, 1.42 a.m. Okay, here. Some of your fans were at me. I could hear you. Okay, I'm looking at this uh, one thing here. Okay. Anyway, if he shows up, he shows up, and we don't don't hear. I may I may call it a night pretty soon. Anyway, uh, I went ahead and Tether Flag called me. Uh, when was it? Monday morning during so-called President's Day, and 
what uh, what happened? He says, oh, please, you know, your show has been on there. I said, well, the show has been on there because I didn't have Internet. I did not have Internet, uh, what, Thursday night. Right now it's getting rolling like crazy here. Uh, when it gets un- unseasonably warm, in many cases, you end up having a tornado uh, come by soon here. We will see. We will see. Uh, okay, I'm looking. All right. (laughs) 
That is an apology. Uh, I'll, I'll give I'll give Papa Twat. Oh, I'll give thirty seconds. Thirty seconds here to uh, say something intelligent. If the critter can. <laughs> Anyway, we'll have Jet Rink coming over, over, and maybe not. In which case, what I would probably do, probably do, is, well, follow a number of things. Maybe I need to. Maybe I need to call it a night and uh, work on my response to Brian Real's stalking charge. Who knows? We have Papa Twat. You don't have much long time here. Say something intelligent. You were a you were a bucket of snitchery over at ANSMC's, ANSMC John's, and ANSMC Mel's and Texas U ANS. Thanks to Johnny's. I mean, heck, this you know, old Pop Swat was just nothing more than a he was uh he was a fount of snitching. <laughs> okay. Well you know, snitches should get stitches. How's that? <laughs> yep. Well, the little critter got snitch. He got stitches. He got uh, verbal stitches or talks to you stitches here. Anyway, I don't know. It looks like Jet Rink is well, pretty well talking to its stars here. It looks like a fine group of slackers. Every single one of them look like they're twenty-year-old figures in uh, Mama's basement. So uh, we'll see here. I think Jet Rank is probably close to 30. He's in the 30s here. You know, I think, yeah, hell, I'm 58 here, and I'm still running a Tard Corral, ain't I? You know, with you boys and the rest here. Okay. Well, I, well, I, what I try to do here is someone who's really into, really into Christian identity. I would recommend not that you have anything to do with you know Rabbi Fink here. Here, let me let me go ahead and give a link to a uh, to a compare to a compare to a compare uh, section here. Let me see. Go back to the forum. Give you a link to where you could, you know, hear for yourself. We're trying comparing material. Let's see. Understanding dual seed line, Chris and Daddy. Here's a PDF file. Three hundred eighty-nine pages. 
Now, this transcribed, there are some portions different. But let me let me give for those of you who are really into dual seed like Chris and Daddy. And I think it needs to be. I think it needs to be upgraded. Let me see. Let me give you the teachings of Bertrand Compare. Oh, item cannot be found. Why not? Look for the link to that. Bertrand Compare. I'll have to go ahead and look at it again. Let me post let me post the uh my web page onto it here. You look for it yourself. Okay. Well, looks like most people have dropped off. Folks, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go ahead and call it a night. Lord, lost so much people. Okay, I think I'm going to go ahead and call it a night. Yeah, it, it's over on over gender benders too here. Uh, oh, complete compare. Yeah, I uh, I got that from uh, 
I got that from Obi Gender Bender. Oh, oh, Obi. Uh, oh, Obi uh, is running around Andre the Nigger's uh, Daily Spermer show. Uh, he used to run around with Piss Possum, but him and Piss Possum uh, went both their own ways here way back in 2013. And it got called because Obi Gender Bender went down on this guy named, uh, what the hell was his name, Gary from Southern California, who had sent the Pitcher Possum some money on a plane ticket to fly up to Seattle way back when here. Okay. Well, we got somebody on here. Hello. is this Linstead, I'm watching. Linstead. Yeah. I'm Jet is here. Jet's here. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're being simulcasted on the GLP network. Okay. I it's, I looked, now, I looked it's at a, it. It's you, a bunch you, of it's now it's a bunch of uh, Jew shills. Well, it looks more like Quigger Tards who are it looks like they're all living in their mama's basement. Uh you know, the ones who can see. Some have avatars, but some look like definite Uyghur tards who are sitting in Mama's basement. They heard you. Okay. Heard you. I, was tr- I was trying to get in. Especially I'm trying to connect via Facebook. And, heck, I think well, you, you, can, you can, Pastor, you can just hit the guest and uh, put any name you want, and you can, just, okay. you can just watch the chat. Now, that's where I'm doing a lot. Now they just banned me because I promoted show on their thing, but that, that's kind of funny. Um, now what? Now what I'm trying to do for these guys is to make some some bread, and they don't want to make no bread. They don't want to make anything. They don't want to. They don't want to fight Jews. You get banned here if you say uh, Dindus or Jews or, you know, the Holocaust is fake. I think it's because a lot of the moderators are Jewish on here. Well, uh, I see a cork-eyed Mamdrus here that was sort of young. I see a few Uyghur Tars. Okay, the cork-eyed Mamdrus, she's back in. Uh, Paul, you think this girl in here, Nicole, is Jewish? I don't think she's new, as I said, you know, I said, I said Mamsworth. Now, hold on. They unbanned me, so I'm just going to see if I can be, because, like, if they permanently ban me, I go to the man, and he bans that Jew. Uh, you know. So, but you think Nicole, you think Nicole here is uh, what, like a uh, Mexican? Oh, she looks like, she looks like a Mamsworth here. You end up having Nick. He looks like a Wigger. Uh, uh, flush my fire like a Nick's not uh, a bad guy, but he does look like he just escaped from Auschwitz. Oh, does he here? Well, and then you end up having another Wiggers, uh sort of fatter Wiggers, Miss Dictator. You know, and you have uh, you have some other characters, and they got little there. So you have a uh, you have two. <laughs> you you end up having. You end up having a bunch of critters. Essentially, it it reminds me of when I was trying to raise some chickens. Uh, you know, when you're trying to raise Cornish cross chickens, they're all in their own little world, but they're all trying to eat, and they're growing up very quickly here. 
So, no, I'm not going to upgrade. I'm just sort of looking, you know, uh, I'm looking at a few, uh, you know, I mean, they're all doing some sort of random stuff here. You know what I mean? And there's one, two, three, there's 12 of them online. So, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what, you know, what, what is the point of you talking to them anyway? It looks like I got, well, it looks like uh, Jet Rank hung up here. So, in any case, uh, <laughs> let's see. I'm looking at the uh, chat.
Who said that dude alien? Folks, I'm going to call it a night. Anyway, I'm going, yeah, I'm going to call it a night. Anyway. You know, uh, John Broke Clerk here, uh, essentially like complete compare. It is what, uh, is what old gender bender found, and I put it over on mine. I was doing an understanding dual seed line, Christian Dante. So if I had to do it, I would probably do the PDFs. I would rearrange them my way, and I would play the Compare recording uh, in what I thought was my order. Uh, in the case of uh, in the case of uh, Clifton Emmeiser, I think he's a Sicily and Guido. Okay, uh, I think he's a Sicily and Guido who essentially came in to Christian Day to change it here. And essentially bought in Fink and Brian Rio and, well, Eli James was, you got to say is that Wickstrom brought in Dan Johns in 1999. Dan Johns brought in so-called Eli James, a.k.a. Joseph November, and what his name was before that, anybody's guess. This came in around the tail end of 2004. Uh, Fink came in after that prison. In December 2008, and Eli James and Emma Heiser bought him in in 2009 and 2010. He pretty well destroyed all his links. Let's see who else here. You know, all these characters coming in, and they're not really preaching. If you really want to learn dual C9 Chris Identity, uh, essentially, read the compare stuff. It's, it's mistranscribed in a number of places. Uh, compare said God to Yahweh, and he didn't say that Adam was the first white man. He said he was the first white man of a new white race. So what you do is you go to the you, you go to the tapes. What you do is you read the PDF along with it, and you change it as need be. That's what you do. So anyway. I'm going to go ahead and call it a night. I'm going to go ahead and call it a night because I need to do a few things. So anyway, I'm going to say hail victory. May Yahweh bless. And good night.
clad in black are we? Hi-yo-yo-ho. And we'll stamp out some tyranny. Hi-yo-yo-ho. White men go revolt ho. On the city roofs, let the red cock grow. White men go civil war ho. On the courthouse walls, let red blood flow. Adam Delved and Eve just spent cheerily ice. Oh, who was then the ruling man? Cheerily ice. White Mingo, we vote ho. On the city roofs, let the red cock grow. White Mingo, Civil War ho. On the courthouse walls, let red blood flow. Oh, white man, their rifles shoot. The Jews are laid low. Arms are bling, next we stomp our boots to stamp out the foe. White men go, we vote ho. On the city roofs, let the red cock crow. White men go, civil war ho. On the courthouse walls, let red blood flow. She must only love his great high The love of God our only need high White men go, we vote ho. On the city roofs, let the red cock grow. White men go, civil war ho. On the courthouse walls, let red blood flow. We talk for our causes right. Hi-yo-yo-ho. Our sons won't have to go and fight. Hi-yo-yo-ho. White men go, we vote ho. On the city roofs, let the red cock grow. White men go, civil war ho. On the courthouse walls, let red blood flow. I just thought something I wanted to say here. You have all these creatures coming into white nationalism, coming into whatever, CI dentistry. And they're not white. They're not one of us. And what they try to tell you is that they have superior knowledge. They have knowledge that nobody else has. And what I want to say is that, hey, if you are of our people, if you are one of Yahweh's children, you don't need to pretend anything. The law of Yahweh is written on your heart. 
you know how to behave. And, and, and pretty well, you have a Bible. And yes, you know, may have stuff that you believe may not be so, and it may not be perfect. But if you're one of Yahweh's children, it's good enough. You don't need to be taught that essentially niggers and beaners and mamsers, and certainly not Jews, are not one of yours here. You don't need to be taught is that figures will betray you because they have chosen evil. What you need to do is follow your Israelite heart and follow the Bible and do what is right and tell the truth and live a godly life and you will be okay. You may not make it to the first resurrection, but when it comes for the second resurrection, on Judgment Day, you will be good to go, and you will get eternal life, because your name will be written on the, you know, the Book of Life. Don't follow, don't follow obvious niggers and Jews and beaners and mamsers and adult-painted hoiders. Follow your heart, which is on which is written the Israelite law. Only to you, only to you, does Yahweh extend the law and the covenant. The covenant is a reward. The law is your duty. And you'll be okay. Yahweh's will, you do okay or do better, then you will do better. But, you know, there may be some times when it may be very bad, in which case you'll have your chance at the first resurrection. Christian identity is not a bunch, you know, like Rabbi Bill Fink and Eli or James and the rest want to pretend. It is not a series of Talmudic instructions that you just simply have to follow. Is not anything which means anything. Okay? Well, I'm going ahead and complaining that, you know, here is, here is, well, any of these people following a, essentially a Persian, a Persian Armenian mongrel mix that just got to talk about raping white women as a sex tourist in Europe. Why is this critter in white nationalism? What does it have to say to any of us? Or Andre the Nigger? Or William Fink? Or Brian Real? Or any of them? What do any of them have to do with any of us? And the answer is nothing. That is why, you know, that is why I wanted to you know, make that point here, you know, because that's what this show is devoted to. It do got to take care of business. But you do not. You do not have to get involved in this evil world. 
in case. That's what I wanted to say. You know, in closing, about what this show is about. There's nothing for any of you in white nationalism. There's nothing for you in CI dentistry. Pretty well, the old ways were best. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and say hell victory. May Yahweh bless. And good night. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.